So we're back at it. No sold episode 57. Duke and I East East connection coming at you. Took a little summer break, little uh, beach break, if you will. And we're here to talk about Bash at the Beach 1994 WCW Bash at the Beach. This is the first ever Bash at the Beach pay-per-view. And Duke, I want to ask you right off the bat, you feeling uh, hot this summer? You feeling ready to to get into this uh, summer fest? I'm I'm sizzling hot. I have my, you can't see right now. Obviously, you're listening to a podcast, but I do have on my hot pink neon swimsuit ready to go, <laughs> Ken style. So I'm sweating right now just thinking about all the summer, the summer activities, the summer fest coming up. And of course, Bash at the Beach 94, what we'll be covering today. Yeah, I mean, Barbie is taking over the world for some people, but for us, we're still living in 94 and uh, Bash at the Beach, WCW's pay-per-view kind of took over our world. I was playing with Barbies in 94. 11, I would have been 11. Uh, I think I was grown out by then, but around 8, 9, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, I got some off to the side right here for when we take breaks. Nice. Yeah, so we're going to actually go back in time. And before we get into it, I want to say uh, next week, we're going to be celebrating one year of No Sold. We made it one year. Some podcasts, Duke, you pointed out, how long do they usually last? Averages, I believe, 12 episodes. 12 episodes. Yeah. We've uh, quadrupled that. Yeah. And it's going to be fun. Next week, we want to get into some, like, just talk about the process, how how fun it's been over the last year getting into different topics, debating, catching up with friends, um, you know, going down memory lane with all the wrestling we loved, you know, when we were kids and obviously the new stuff trying to, it kind of kept us together uh, like on a consistent basis as friends more than ever, you know, which will yep, be fun yep. to get into. Yep. Um, so we can't wait for that next week. And obviously we'll talk about SummerSlam 2023 might even talk about some of the SummerSlam's hottest moments in history we'll do a little bit of uh everything next week but yeah this week we want to talk about bash at the beach 94 we don't have frank here out on the west side he's on assignment we got a hot uh assignment for him out there <laughs> he's at the beach right now literally at the beach he's in the uh if you remember the promo with sid and vader when uh sid's walking on the beach in his wrestling tights, knee pads, and flip-flops. That's what Frank's doing right now, currently on assignment. I love that promo, and I remember AEW did one. I mean, I think last year it was like Orange Cassidy and I think Adam Cole. Full gear, like full um, outfits, wrestling attire, and they're on the beach face-to-face with like the... It was cool. (laughs) I like that stuff. But the Vader and Sid one does stand out in my mind. That's funny. Um how about them on Baywatch back in the day? WCW wrestling. Yeah, man. Remember that? And Stinger, Stinger was a bad guy. Oh no, I'm thinking Thunder in Paradise. But Baywatch, yeah, Baywatch, it was Hogan and Mach, right? And Mach, yep, yeah. yep. But let's get into some WCW stuff. WCW so near and dear to our hearts, and the more I think, the more we age, or at least me, the more and more I love it. So. It's cool to go back and watch this early WCW stuff, though, because the NWO era is often covered. We just covered NWO recently, and I feel like that's usually what people go to right away is the NWO, Goldberg, Crow Sting. But there was a whole other world before that. You talked about in the past, you like this era of WCW, right? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I like any like weird time of WC or any wrestling where it's like maybe if they're lacking star power or stuff like that, like 92, 93 WCW, like when Flair isn't there, you got to see like some cool stuff. Like that's why we got the Dangerous Alliance, you know, like I think just weird stuff, you know, weird interactions and stuff. And you get to see guys get a chance and like be in the main event where they wouldn't be normally, you know. Yeah, and you saw this, uh, I guess, photo circulating around recently. Remember when it was like all this talent WCW had before they were stars? You know, like yeah, Steve Austin, Triple yeah. H, just terrorizing Mark Calloway and all that good stuff. Yep. We and see a little bit of that on this. Yeah, that's right. Yep. We see a little bit of that on this pay-per-view. Um, some guys before they were WWF superstars. Yeah, and I think, you know, like... Because you, you look back and you're like, oh, wow, they had Steve Austin and Cactus Jack and this guy and that guy. But it's like, but were they ready? You know, like, because, I mean, we'll get into it. You know, um, I think some of them were. Um, I think it was poor booking for sure. And like I said, we'll get into it. I have a lot to say about this one. Um, yeah, because there's, yeah, sure. there's a lot going on. It's like a transitional time in WCW. It is because there's a medley of veterans that come from the WWF or or other territories like Paul Orndorff. We'll get into guys like him who have already had a full career. Obviously, Ricky Steamboat, who was kind of winding down. Um, I don't want to get too far ahead, so let's just get into it. It's Bash at the Beach 1994, the first ever Bash at the Beach, Orlando Arena, Orlando, Florida. July 17th, 1994, and we got Tony Schiavone and Bobby the Brain Heenan. They're the commentators tonight, although we'd get a little Jesse Ventura in there at times. Um, but this commentary crew, I know everybody goes to Bobby and Gorilla. I know um, on some WWF stuff, we'll occasionally get Jesse and Tony Schiavone. But yeah. where do you stand on Schiavone and Bobby the Brain as a duo, commentary duo? Oh, I mean, I love both of those guys. So anytime I get to hear them, I'm into it. But I like them. I like Jesse and um, Shivani in WCW. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think when you're good, you just you're going to have chemistry with people no matter what. It's like when there's like two hot people in the room, like you see all these pictures. We're talking about Barbie. You see pictures of like Margot Robbie and um, what's his name? Gosling. Ken Gosling. Um and they're next to each other and all these people are like, oh, my God, they should be together. It's like because they're two very good looking people. You know what I mean? Like, it makes sense. So, like, it's apples and oranges. But it's like when you have two really good commentators, it's going to work, you know. And Jesse's talked about um, I watched interviews with him and he's talked about like how he enjoyed working with Shivani, even wow. though it's not really what he's known for. He's known for, you know, it's Jesse and Gorilla, you know. But Jesse's talked about it and said, like, he had chemistry with Tony Schiavone. He enjoyed working with him, you know. I mean, we put Schiavone over so much here um, on yeah. all the shows. Just, like, he's a living legend at this point. Like, 100%. the guy has been around since, you know, the early 80s. Like, I grew up on Tony Schiavone. For him to be on, you know, Wednesday night, you know, when you, when you tune in to Dynamite. Like, for him to still be there and still be good, like, it's crazy like i love him so much yeah i still think he's one of my favorite parts of aew but 
on this show. Um, it's interesting with Shivani and Heenan because you remember how Gorilla would play off of Bobby and kind of go back at him and sort of uh, yeah. Gorilla just demanded so much respect. In some ways, Shivani feels like he's uh, just a little bit below Bobby. I or think like- too, like one of the things about Tony Shivani is like he's a nerd. Yeah. You know, like he's like a, but like I say that with love, you know what I mean? He's like a dad, you know, like he's not quick witted, like, um, like Bobby is. That's why he's so good too. I think it's that like, he's almost naive, you know, like when something bad happens, like the way his reaction, like it's very genuine because like, I feel like he's just like a good dude and he's not like that quick witted, sarcastic person, like the brain the one thing though when they open the show um if you notice it's bobby the brain mean gene i'm sorry yes bobby the brain mean gene and tony mm-hmm. but bobby doesn't have a mic in his hand did you notice that i didn't notice that i know I mean, like, Gene was in there but what was that yeah, all about i i have no idea but i was like what a huh. you know here's here's a fumble by wcw already right like you get bobby the brain heenan and you take the microphone out of his hand. I just thought so that because, was interesting. But, but didn't he make a comment about Shaquille O'Neal? Or uh, or was that not the time, the time that he did that? That because... wasn't the time. Yeah, that was okay. in the main event. This was like when they first opened the show, which, by the way, is an eternity before they even get to his match. Like, there's so much oh, yeah. free stuff. Like, it's crazy. Um, But, yeah, the brain doesn't have a mic in his hand. I was like, of course. Well, Bash at the Beach 94, they're billing this main event as the match of the century. Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan. And I mean, you know how, and I'm going to go into this a lot throughout the show, but you know how sometimes things are hyped up and it's a little ridiculous. We've gotten uh, recently Randy Orton and Edge, the greatest wrestling match ever, or uh, John Cena, Brock, once in a lifetime. This is the match of the century, but don't you think that like um, headline or tagline is, I mean, pretty much it's appropriate right like the match of the century to to bill it that way yeah i mean it's it's fair um it's not it was too late you know um mm. like flair was in the wwf in 1992 like that's when it should have happened we know it didn't and it led to you know one of the greatest matches of all time with macho man and flair but i mean i agree sure if you're gonna say that this is the number one guy of the NWA, WCW, and the number one guy of the WWF in the 80s. So, I mean, yes, but I feel like it was kind of too late. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess what I'm going to go into also throughout the show is this is a time where WCW is literally trying to go all in, all chips in with their money, with their uh, taglines, with their, um, I guess, attempt to compete and this is a, a good get when you get Hogan in there. Um, 100%, dude. I mean, a great get. And and to yeah. go right into the flair match of the century, match, feud, whatever you want to call it, uh, really good call. We'll talk about how it delivered for you. But um, that's the tagline, match of the century. Shaq is in the house. Uh, we, I did mention that here in the Orlando Arena, young Shaq. And we get Darren Norwood from uh, Giant Records performing the national anthem. What's your favorite Darren Norwood song? Ooh. Man, I'll tell you what. All right. Can you narrow it down? Rest in peace. He died in 2015. Um, that mullet was something was something to look at. Uh, but WCW, man, like 
they always had this knack for like having these country singers um you know doing their national anthem and stuff and like bro like i love music man like without music i don't know what my life would be but one thing i cannot get down with is country music so i had no idea who this man was mm. um r.i.p darren norwood that's all i'll say yeah you're no uh southern boy you're not I'm from not that uh boy. wcw it's funny. Our boy Shane Hagedorn calls me Vince McMahon because <laughs> I have like this thing against like, you know, the Southern draw, I guess. But Vince McMahon. Yeah, I've been told the same. We also see highlights of Sting being injured on WCW Saturday night after sensuous Sherry dressed as a man. Interfered. Yeah, so the first match that we're going to get into was supposed to feature the Stinger. Yeah. But he was taken out by... The nails of that sensuous sherry, that uh, little vixen running around. That vixen dressed as a man, though. Who would have known it was under her under there? Um, Hogan and Mr. T were also involved in that charade and uh, lots of star power in that little WCW Saturday night soundstage that they showed in those highlights. Like, it's weird, you know, like this. I've been in that soundstage for TNA back in the day, and it's just so oh, small. That's awesome. Yeah, it's all it is awesome, but it's just it's crazy to think that like Mr. T, Hulk Hogan, mm -hmm. Sting, all Ric Flair in yeah. that little in their yep. primes. So you know, man, of. I I love WCW Saturday Night though, man. Like I remember, I have such good memories of watching that, and like the ring would move like while it was, you know, um, like vivid memories, man. I remember like couldn't wait till like six oh five. I would make like some toast like cinnamon toast and like play with my legos and watch like wcw saturday night it's just awesome yep great memories man it was like um it was always there you know and i, I mean geez at like 11 12 years old I, I you know i didn't go out or have friends to go out like with and so yeah saturday nights i'd be home elio's pizza or something like that yep. Yep. or elio's depending on how you guys pronounce it but um pop on wcw saturday night you never knew who you were going to see the randomness of it all was so fun and yeah and the rotating like, ring there were some weird dudes on there you know like you said you wouldn't know and like there were like jobbers that like i'd be like oh man like this guy's cool you know i remember cool, there was right? a dude did do you remember the gambler at all barry darso no that wasn't oh barry darso. that was the okay yeah who was the His, gambler what was the... he was just some job dude man but like he would wrestle and like, I'd be like, oh man, the gambler, you know, like I thought he was kind of cool, you know, like it's weird because he was like a balding dude, but like, I thought he looked cool. I don't know. Like there were just a lot of like neat little matchups on there, you know, and guys I who would normally the gambler. lose would like win, you know, like Brad Armstrong might get a win, you know, I remember, um, I remember Brad Armstrong and the great Muda had like a two out of three fall match on oh, wcw wow. saturday night yeah like cool stuff like that but you would randomly get a flare match oh, yeah. 100 like, yeah it wasn't just jobbers i just looked up the gambler totally remember him now with the balding yeah, guy yeah yep. yeah got him confused with barry darso um did yeah. you ever see terror rising like triple h's oh uh... yeah for sure mm -hmm. i remember terror rising and jean paul Lebec. i saw both of those yeah. And dude, for real, I remember being like, man, this guy's kind of cool. He kind of looks like Ric Flair. Like, no shit. I, I remember, like, I remember him. I liked him. 
I always liked, it's funny, I always liked Cactus Jack, and I always liked Steve Austin. From the gate, I always liked those guys. So even back then, like, there was something about them. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about those guys. Also, WCW Hotline is up and running for this event. They plug that. Uh, one Do you remember that off. number off the top of your head? I would have if I didn't if I didn't write it down, but I did yeah. write it down to, to see. But... one nine hundred nine oh nine ninety nine hundred. Yeah. Did I you ever remember... call it? No. God, my mom would have beat my head. <laughs> yeah, I would not. I was very like as a kid, like I wouldn't do like dumb shit. I was very like scared of things. Like I would never steal. I would never like you know what I mean? Like, I just mm. wouldn't do bad stuff. Did you ever order a pay-per-view without asking? No, absolutely not. Nope. Mm. I've done that. Yeah. I've also taped over my mom's good stuff with, you know, Monday Night Rawls and things oh, like that. I did that um, with my dad's James Bond movies. <laughs> okay. Um, He had, like, every James Bond and every wrestling was, any wrestling, any wrestling that was on, I taped. I mean, he was dead by then, so, like, he didn't say it, mm. but. I for sure okay. taped over his whole like video catalog. The whole Bond catalog. Yep. Um, there is a there is a comment by Bobby Heenan though where he claims that Shaq's in the back with his shoes off and he saw him and he's only five eleven. <laughs> so Bro, Bobby has so many good ones. You can't even like he was on tonight. One, oh yeah, you can't do it justice. Number one, when you say something that Bobby says. And number two, everything he says is bold. So, like, mm-hmm. I have to say, though, our boy Frank isn't here. I thought of Frank immediately when he said that. Same. That's yep. why I took the note. I wanted to yep. hear Frank's uh, <laughs> He's only opinion 5'11". on <laughs> Yep. So, uh, first match, you mentioned it was going to be Sting and Lord Stephen Regal. But instead, we got an, an alternate, if you will, a substitute in Johnny B. Bad versus Lord Stephen Regal. This is for the TV title. Regal's your champion. We can get into some of the... Uh, if you like the the actual quality of the match, because I think it's very smooth stuff by both of these guys, like the hammer lock by Johnny B. Bad at one point stuck Regal's shoulder into the mat really stiff. Um, there was a big USA chant throughout this match because in 1994, yeah, America hated England, I guess, for some reason. Listen, man, I, it's hard to say. I thought we were allies by then, but, <laughs> you know, we did, uh, you know, the whole Revolutionary War, I guess, uh, I don't know. Like maybe in Orlando that was still going on in their head. By the way, oh, maybe only for this match of the century, only fourteen thousand people in attendance. Glad you mentioned that. Kind of yeah. nuts. Like, you know, um, I don't know what WCW was drawing then, but I mean, that's like WrestleMania. So what? That would have been WrestleMania. So ten. 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 ten? Okay. So it's. I guess it's comparable, right? What was it? It is a little 20 Madison Square Garden at 10. Yeah, Yeah, probably if yeah, if they and in the the venue, the Orlando Arena actually did hold 18,000 and change. So yeah, they Mm. didn't draw a sellout. Wow, unfortunately. Yeah, which is sad to say for these two gentlemen. Um, but with that said, with this first match, you know, another tagline besides that, you know, the match of the century, it was also, I don't know if you realized uh or heard. Shivani let me say times. it let me say it wrestling is cool again yeah yep yeah wrestling is cool again yep i wasn't sure either if that was a thing and i wanted to ask you guys if you caught that so okay i, ca- yeah, I, I caught it, it but don't remember that and i don't know why they picked 
this time. So just just so we just paint the picture for you know anyone listening, and and I want to kind of clear this up. WCW was like I said, pushing all the chips in. Going were they right before this? Do you feel like WCW was um, dying? No, I think they were looking for an identity. Mm. Like Blair left in what ninety one. Yeah. So talent. since yeah, then, yet. like, there was this like rotating door of like presidents and bookers and like Bill Watts was in there. And then, um, you know, Jim Hurd, the infamous Jim Hurd, you know, he was like a um, district manager for like a pizza hut or something like before that, just very unqualified, not a wrestling guy. Um, and you know, it was like this rotating door of like all these weird dudes, like Bill Shaw is the president mm. at this time, like just very weird. And they took a chance with Bischoff. And I think he was, like you said, like he was going all in. And like, once again, man, people shit on Bischoff all the time. But like, give the dude some credit, man, you know, like to go out and get Hulk Hogan and Granted, Hulk Hogan got a great deal, and I'll get into that later, um, you know, for coming to WCW. But, I mean, to get, you know, the biggest name in the history of the business, like, that's a big deal, man. Like, that's a big deal. Huge. And, like, this, this uh, you know, re-envisioned history where Eric Bischoff's just this, like, idiot is, like, really weird to me, man. Like, I don't really get it. Like... You know, it's one of those things. I'm sure when he passes away, everybody will love him, right? You know, but yes. like this guy, I know, man, we talked about it on the NWO episode. He made mistakes, right? Like we all do, but the guy was beating the WWE at one point. And like, this is the start of it. This is the genesis of the ascension of WCW, you know, like. So I think they were looking for the their identity, and I think that that was one of their things. Like, we want to make wrestling cool. Make sure you say that, Tony. You know, mm-hmm. it's interesting they chose like Hogan, who was, you know, a huge super over babyface, but he wouldn't be like the Kevin Nash, Scott Hall cool. No, yeah, I mean he was passe, you know? really. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. That's kind of why he split, right? Like he started to get food, mm-hmm. but um. But- but calling it cool again as a tagline, you would think, um, and we'll talk about the details of this pay-per-view, but like, I don't know if I would say that this pay-per-view bleeds cool. No, It was, you know, I will talk about how we feel about it, but um, yeah, it wasn't like edgy, I should say. Like, it was just more of the same. Right. If you're going to say like wrestling is cool, like NWO, right? Like that right. kind of stuff. Or ECW. Know, but, yeah. Like I said, I think they were just trying to get an identity and establish themselves and being like, look, man, we have Hulk Hogan now. Like, look mm-hmm. what we're going to do. You know, um, it worked out. Yeah. So Johnny B. Bad, uh, just to go into this match again, worked on Regal's hand, hand and arm. Most of this match, a grueling opener, I thought, in terms of the physicality, which is to be expected with Regal. But with Johnny B. Bad, pretty good worker. Honestly, I think as a worker, underrated. I think his gimmick was silly and just for me distracting. 
because it's like he did look so much like little Richard and, <laughs> you know, and I, I think yeah. it's hard to shake that um, just that that persona or whatever. But what did you think of Johnny B. Bad? Because watching this match again, like I hear all the time people say, even Bischoff, uh, just that Johnny B. Bad wasn't very good in the ring. Oh, one. They just very dismissive of John <laughs> of Mark Mar- of, Mar- of Mark Merrow. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's psychology that I wouldn't understand that he doesn't get. Like, but what did you think of him as a worker? I completely disagree with anybody saying that. Um, okay. and it's so watching Johnny be bad as a kid. Yeah, it was weird, right? Like, it was distracting. Um, I think at this point he's kind of past the little Richard thing. Like, if you notice, he's not wearing the makeup anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, he's still got the robes and stuff like that, but like, he's not. He doesn't have lipstick on and he doesn't have like the whole deal, you know, which whatever, man, you do what you got to do to get over. If you want to wear lipstick, fucking wear lipstick if it works for you, you know. But um, I it's funny because um, I just text my buddy today. It's funny. So we're on this podcast and we're like good buddies, you know, me, you and Zern and Frank. And like we got our little group, but like I don't talk to you guys as much anymore because like I want to save it. So like I'm watching Johnny Bad. I'm like, I'm a Johnny B. Bad fan, 100 percent because mm-hmm. not everybody is a main eventer. He was exactly where he should be. Right. He was in the opening match. You could put this match on Wednesday on Dynamite and people would be into it. I think I really do. Like, I mean, I mean, we can sit here and talk about Regal for an hour. Like we're all such fans of him. But um. You know, I'm a fan of Johnny B. Bad, 100%. Always thought he had good matches. Always, like, good pace. You know, mm-hmm. like, him and Regal don't stop in this match, man, which is, like, crazy. I guess this is kind of that time now, like, the 90s, we start to go faster now. But I thought the match was well-paced. I thought Regal always had great heat. And Johnny B. Bad was over, man. Say what you want. The fans dug him. And I'm a Johnny B. Bad fan, 100%. I text my buddy Jay today. I was like, dude, I feel like he's like underappreciated, you know? Yeah, like, I felt the same thing. I'm not thing. saying he doesn't have to be in the main event, you know? Like, not everybody is that guy. But like, for where he was, like, TV title matches previously, he was competing for like the light heavyweight title. Big fan of Johnny B. Bad. I thought this match was very good. Like, very entertaining it's an opening match like Mm -hmm. it's exactly where it should be you know yeah and the ending was a little clunky clunky as regal uh it reversed a roll up by johnny b bad some interference by sir william which is regal's manager aka bill dundee um i feel like just like you solid opener with the johnny b bad stuff really quick putting it on AEW this week regal johnny b bad i mean there's certain guys I can't really get by their look or their name. Let's go with like a uh, buddy Matt, buddy Matthews, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, buddy Murphy. Yeah, I don't love his name. Good looking guy gets jacked up, but um, I would say Johnny B. Bad is everybody good as a worker as him. You know what I mean? But it's just like you just—he's an afterthought for whatever reason. Johnny B. Yeah. Bad. and it, is it the gimmick though? The John, the uh, the little Richard looking thing? Is that what I it mean- was? Yeah, I mean, I guess so, but, like, I don't know, man. I think you can be – I think you can be an opening guy and still be good, 
you know, like, you know, I think that's a problem with WWE now. Like, we don't know who who's in the main event and who's not, you know, like when every member of the New Day is, you know, two thirds of them have, have been WWE champion now and one's been king of the ring, like, but they're a tag team. Like, where are these guys? Like, you know, like they've also and- killed the um I guess format sometimes and you can correct me if I'm wrong if this is an old school method or not but I remember when it was like they started putting the WWE title match as an opener uh on a lot of pay-per-views or even like a Kurt Angle Rey Mysterio as an opener and these are just huge names you know like mm-hmm. but back in the day it used to be like your Shawn Michaels and Tito Santana and the Intercontinental title or here you got yep. Johnny B. Bad and Regal so like we knew who was a good hand to open the show now when you put on main eventers in the beginning of the show it's just a weird format it is and you know in some cases it's because brock lesnar wants to get out of the building and go home you know Mm -hmm. um it's just the nature of the beast now i don't know but i mean i think that guys can still be good and not everybody has to be you know like in the main event like you can still have a place like and it's not to say that Johnny B. Bad, who knows, maybe he could have been, you know, but I mean, when you have Vince McMahon behind you and you didn't take that next, you know, step, mm-hmm. I mean, you're probably your ceiling's the mid card, but that's okay. You know, like that's the great thing about great. Not everything can be great, you know, right. like, and when we start like bumping everything together, there's no separation. Nothing is exceptional anymore. And like with Johnny B. Bad, I thought he was good. I thought he was right where he needed to be. His opponent, however, I wanted to ask you, you watched this match, right? Mm-hmm. Um, back then, could you see Regal being like opposite Hulk Hogan in the main event of a show? Back then, no. Okay. Now, I've scratched my head and wonder why it didn't happen. Back then, I'll be honest, I thought Regal was, I might even say boring as an 11-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that I'm physicality. Saying, you know I mean? I'm saying upon re-watching with this fresh set of eyes, because the yeah. guys booking WCW were our age at this time, right? So, like, they have mm. a brain, you would think. Yeah. So, I'm saying, like, watching this, you have this guy in the opening match. I mean, granted, he's the TV champion. So, like, he was rewarded. I don't think Regal's run in WCW was bad by any means, but, like, as the booker, could you see him and, like, Hogan, who's the new guy doing a program? 100% now, especially yeah. with f- the following segment, which we'll get to. If yeah, that didn't yeah. give him a rub to go towards Hogan, I don't know, you know, which, what would, because he, he was really rubbing elbows with greatness, was Regal. Yeah, it's a shame, um, you know, because, um, like, we love the Hulkster, man. You know, like, I won't speak for you, but I love the Hulkster. I'm always going to love the Hulkster. That's my childhood. But, like, some of the bullshit politics that this guy did, and, like, it's like, man, like, what what could have been, you know? Like, because you know if Kevin Sullivan was like, hey, man, Terry, we're going to put you with Regal, he'd be like, oh, brother, come on. That's not working right. for me, you know? Because, like, down the road you know i think it's like two pay-per-views later he ends up you know who's in the main event against him for the title his boy Mm -hmm. and that's the bullshit you know i mean and he's not the first wrestler to surround himself with friends at the top i mean it's Mm -hmm. been done then it's been being done now you could say right um in in aw in some way shape or form 
But um, let me just wrap it up on this because I do want to rate this match. I gave it a very solid Bret Hart four out of ten. Wow. I think it was a solid out of little... ten. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're disrespectful. You're disrespectful on a slut. You think it was a little disrespectful? Solid no, opener, kidding. but I just I could never take Johnny B. Bad fully seriously, despite his work. I think mm-hmm. something held me back to. Um, I liked his in ring work. It's just, man, I I don't know the way he presented himself was a little. Uh, I couldn't take it seriously. Like, mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like he was ever a threat against such a physical spec, like a, a guy who's so physical, like Regal. The yeah. match itself is solid, but we're talking about, you know, the scale four out of 10 for me. Would you have it? All right. Well, in honor of Frank, we're going to go five star rating. Since All right. He's not here. So I gave this one a 2.75 out of five. All right. So you're yeah, like, a I think nice... it was, you know, an above average, nice little opener. I think with like some more story behind it, you know, because it wasn't even supposed to be Johnny B. Bed. It was supposed to be the stinger. But right. um, and like you said, that clunky finish, even though they got That's... there. And I thought it was cool, though. I do think it was cool how he won, how he pulled the tights, like the part of the tights that he got. I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, it's not what it was supposed to be. But I still enjoyed it, man. I really did. Yeah, I'm being a little hard on my my ratings as usual, but it, four out of ten to me is is still somewhat enjoyable, believe it or not. Going into the next segment though, because it does involve Regal, Mean Jeans in the ring with Antonio Inoki, who's being presented with a plaque. Prestige put forth here by WCW. Lots of big names and celebrity involvement on this pay per view. We already mentioned Shaq. Now we got Inoki in there. They're putting all the chips in there. I think uh, the promotion was on the level of the WWF at this point for for mm-hmm. wcw but regal interrupted this ceremony and he disparages the great name of anoki yeah things got a little heated and to your point about regal maybe being prepped for a, a main event run it could have been easy to do after this type of uh segment or interaction to keep him sort of towards the top right yeah yeah i mean he always had good heat you know the fans were always and like regal if you look at him he's having so much fun to like the faces that he makes he's just so good man such a absolute hall of famer in my opinion um but yeah i feel like i don't know maybe they were going to do some work with new japan at this point like it felt weird but like it it was definitely cool to see inoki for sure um and then yeah regal (laughs) you know disparages him and uh yeah nothing i don't know if anything ever came of that not on wcw television i don't believe yeah i just think what's interesting about watching this one is i got you know i don't want to say aew vibes but the way they kind of um included like the new japan and they kind of they were all inclusive like you could say the forbidden door type of thing like they broke it down here and had a lot of different people um and they also used a lot of former wwf guys which we're going to find out and they just they really built the show with their existing stars, the new stars, tried to put some young talent out. They they had veterans. It was very um, I felt like similar to some of the AEW stuff we that we get presented now. Uh really quick with Antonio Noki and Regal, it was actually August 24th of 94. This happened at Clash of the Champions 28. Oh, okay, Regal cool. versus Noki did take place the same, yeah, about a month later. Awesome. Yeah. It got uh six point eight out of ten on 
cagematch.net. So right. pretty pretty decent rating actually. Um so yeah, after Damn, that, I'm we... surprised I don't remember that. That's crazy. I don't either. So yeah. I'm sure it's it's got to be one of those kind of like um you know how you'll just randomly see like Andre the Giant in a match with fill in the blank. It doesn't make sense, but Anoki versus yeah. Regal at this point yeah. in 94 doesn't make too too much sense now yeah so after that segment we got jesse ventura back in the booth well he's in the booth now with shivani for the next match and this is a big one we get vader with harley race this is where i draw more AEW comparisons like using the veterans as managers we got mm -hmm. a great guy like harley race in there is with uh, with vader versus the guardian angel aka former big boss man and uh, I thought this was cool the way they talked about the angel now stands for law and order. It was kind of like a creative take on the, the police gimmick of the boss man, but you can't use the gimmick. So mm -hmm. Ray trailer, you know, is going to do the guardian angel. Look, usually like they've taken John Tenta, made him the shark and all. it doesn't work. Bruce beefcake mm -hmm. became like the booty. Man. Of all the like gimmicks the boss man had, he did have just like, Ray trailer at one point, but this actually is kind of cool in my opinion. Like the guard, really, I I didn't like it at all. Nah, nah. I liked when he first came. He was just called the boss. I remember that. But I guess you know, even like looking like the boss man got him into trouble. But yeah, I wasn't a fan. Um, there's only one guardian angel in pro wrestling, and that's Vampiro. <laughs> that's a, a true real legit one. Yes, legit. Well, Vader's so, yeah, in prime wasn't into the gimmick i i liked the attempt because you can't use your wwe yeah, sure. copyright at least they were creative that's what i know mean. instead of like just you know like doing the boss you know or um, Ray trailer which he wasn't yeah, actually exactly. went nowhere right. and then big bubba or, or it was big bubba and then ray trailer i guess but yeah i mean good for them for trying but it didn't really work for me yeah, I, I did appreciate the uh, creativity. Vader, though, prime shape here. He's an absolute animal. Like, I would just definitely say he's in his prime here as far as physicality. But uh, the Guardian Angel, not intimidated, picked up the big man with one arm and Crazy. slammed him. So awesome. I got... This match, to me, like was a, just a total blindside surprise because of how much I genuinely enjoyed it. It's like, crazy, isn't it? I did too. Didn't man. expect to to no. enjoy it at all. You look on paper, the Guardian Angel against Vader, like it right. doesn't really sound like. But yeah, I'm with you, dude. Like once again, as we get older, you know, our palates are more um, developed. We see things, you know, differently. Um, the boss man was the shit, dude. Like. He could work. He was so agile. He was so strong. Did you saw. know he had this strength though? Like no, not at all. Me that neither. was crazy. And I mean, he held him too. Like right. Obviously, Vader is a great athlete too. You know, to get up there for him. But yeah, man. Like I'm with you. I was like, holy shit. Like I'm watching this. I'm like, I can't believe I like this match right now. You know, <laughs> That's... it's like hard hitting. You know, it's mm -hmm. two like big dudes that are legit ass kickers you know mm -hmm. by the way 100 believe they can kick anybody's ass in the locker room you know? totally totally 
But um, these guys did trade some haymakers. I wanted to say, though, this this WCW roster is stacked. If you really look at it on the on paper, you said Vader and, and Ray Trailer, a big boss man, Guardian Angel. Still a big deal in wrestling at that point, somewhat, you know. Yeah. Um, and you go put, put Harley Race in the mix. It's like, whoa, there's there's some star power here. Vader just on the second match of the night, you know. But how about Vader attempting a sunset flip from the second rope? The athleticism Crazy, also man. hit a moonsault, as yep. Vader does. I had an issue with uh, the Guardian Angel's lack of selling at times. At one point, hmm. there was a submission hold, and he was just kind of like not selling it at all. Hmm. Little, little no selling. Mm-hmm. But after the Vader moonsault, he also got kind of right up and hit Harley Race. Like, he didn't really sell the moonsault. Mm. So that was my nitpick there. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the finish because as much as I like this match, and I'll just yeah, tell man. you now, I liked it yep. more than the first match. I gave it a nice 4.9 out of 10. Yeah. But the finish, Guardian Angels disqualified after he was caught with the nightstick in his hand after Vader brought it into the equation. So we get a DQ finish. What you think about that? Well, a DQ finish is one thing, but a DQ finish when the ref doesn't see anything like what the hell? Worse. Yeah, that happens all the time. Look at any Eddie Guerrero match in the WWE when he would throw the chair. You know what I mean? Like you have to be caught doing the act. So I was with you, man. Like the end, I was like, ah, man, really? Like if you want to have a DQ to like keep both guys strong, I'm cool with that. These are two big dudes. You know, mm-hmm. you want to pump whoever up. Um, I felt like maybe they were gonna pump Vader up for Hogan, but. I guess not in a DQ finish, but um, yeah, I'm with you. The the finish was clunky. It was he just caught him. He just caught him with the extended nightstick, and he called the bell, and that was that. But what about their uh, chemistry as two big men? I know Frank's not usually in on the two bigs, and I don't know if you can call Ray Trailer like a genuine big, but in today's yeah. day, he'd be a freaking oh, giant. Yeah, but. But uh, what do you think of their chemistry? Because like I said, you didn't think you'd like it as much as you would. Yeah, huh? I'm not a big, um, big, big guy. Like, okay. I don't think there's any. I'm not going to sit here and waste everybody's time, but I can't think of like two big men. going. You like Kane and Taker. Yeah, sure. But that was more the story, you know, right. than the actual Fair. match. Um, But yeah, I've never been. But this, yeah, man, I thought it was pretty damn good. Like, surprisingly, uh. Besides the finish, but whatever, you know, if you want to be entertained you rate for it? a couple minutes. Um, overall, I just gave it a 2.5 out of 5. Um, average so we're match, right on the money. 5 out of yeah, 10. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think, you know, with... Uh, I think if just looking at this match on paper, I'd be like, oh, it's probably like a 1 out of 5, you know? But, like, yeah, man, it's different when you go back and watch these guys in retrospect. Um it's crazy. I do want to say one thing about the um, the switching of the commentators that I don't mm-hmm. know if you knew. Um, so Bobby says he has to go to the back before this match. Jesse comes in. Um, did you notice they Tony Schiavone asked Jesse about the Hogan Flair match? And Jesse says, Nature Boy Rick Flair already told you. Like he's very dismissive about. Totally. Yep. So. Jesse is only here for two matches. Jesse's here for this match and the following match. And after that, he's not on the card for the rest of the night. Jesse Ventura got fired um, the next month, I believe. 
the reason so he was mailing it in here. The reason being Hulk Hogan, Mm-mm-mm. because Mm-mm-mm. he and Hogan had heat, right? Um, from the whole, you know, for those that don't know, back in the day, Jesse tried to get the wrestlers to unionize. Hogan stooged them out, obviously because he was making a lot of money with Vince McMahon. He let Vince know these guys were unionizing. Jesse never forgave them. They always had this heat. Jesse got fired. The reason being he fell asleep at a WCW Saturday night taping. That was the reason that they gave him. I think it's pretty damn coincidental that Hulk Hogan comes here and a month later, Jesse's gone. So very interesting. Once again, once again, though, if you, I watched, so I get into these things. I watch this and I want to know what's going on behind the scenes and stuff. Hulk Hogan's done some rotten shit, you know, as far as like getting people fired, whatever, not working with them, whatever. But I watched a four hour shoot where wrestlers just shoot on Hulk Hogan. And for two hours, it was people saying good things about him. Hmm. So I'm not here to, you know, disparage the Hulkster. But in this case, I think it's pretty damn coincidental that he shows up and Jesse's gone, which is a damn shame, you know. Well, there is just like any uh, walk of life politics, you know, and in wrestling, Hulk Hogan was a master, I think, at the game of a political game, you know, and if that's true with him getting Jesse um, sort of removed, it's a shame because but with what your point, I saw the body language. I saw the the dismissive uh, sort of like attitude with Jesse when, yep. when, she, when he first sat down, he kind of looked like a guy who didn't want to be there. I'm going to be yeah. honest. And I was thinking yeah. like, damn, where throughout the match, he had some cool one-liners. Like I did mm-hmm. still feel like he got in a flow, but Jesse, it's weird. You mentioned that, but I saw it too. He, he was really dismissive of the Hogan flair stuff. And that's just, as the story goes, him and Hogan have always, I do want to say though, um, I've heard Jesse finally, compliment hogan at least in his own way over the years like later years um hopefully they were able to get get past some of that um yeah i mean listen if you have heat with the guy for i get that you know what i mean but like to not you can say whatever you want about hulk hogan you can't say he's not the biggest star ever though you know what i mean or one of the top whatever right like i mean you can say whatever you want. Facts are facts. Like the dude is still Hulk Hogan. And that's, I mean, I get it, man. You know, Mm -hmm. Jesse was pissed about that. I remember I saw an interview with him. He said he couldn't trust Hogan. So -hmm. he can't be friends with Hogan, you know? So like, I get that, but, um, crazy man. Yeah. A little behind Mm -hmm. the scenes there. Jealousy and politics in wrestling. It still goes on today in this day and age. I want to just say to close out that match, I did enjoy it for what it was. And it it actually made me want to see more between the Guardian Angel Invader, go figure. But that's what's that's a good thing, you know. And the crowd was I think the crowd, just like me, was sort of side uh blindsided and they were into it. Like they didn't expect to be. Yeah. And then they were which is always a win. So um, uh, I'll tell you who else was into it before we move on. Did you notice the Hulk Hogan fan behind Jesse, the body venture? Because that was the same Hulk Hogan fan from King of the Ring 93 that we just covered. Was it? When when he's in the front row and he's like, 
Hogan loses and he's just like he doesn't know what to do. That's the same right. dude. Yep, one hundred percent. Good call. Like I was like, is that the same dude? And I looked it up. It's one hundred percent the same guy. Hogan, so he was brother, big fan. Yep, him and uh, Linda Hogan also straight front front row right there with uh, the kids and their friends. Oh, right, little Nick Nick Hogan. Well, this was also billed as uh, Hulk's first match ever in WCW, Mm -hmm. so this was a big deal. Um, let's move into the next match, third match on the show. We had the Funk Rhodes feud. It's highlighted as we get into this one. Terry Funk and Bunkhouse Bunk. <laughs> Say that three times fast. <laughs> Bunkhouse Buck. Bunkhouse Bunk. <laughs> you could reverse it. I like it that one. better. Yeah. Funk and Buck with Ming and Colonel Parker versus Dustin odd, and odd little, Odd little group right there. So Funk and Rose, the history goes way, way back. Jesse uh, t- touched on the fact that these guys go way back. Jesse also mentioned how he fought Funk to a one-hour time limit draw in 1979. Jesse always liked to kind of put himself over. If if there's one thing about him, you know, he wouldn't. He he was not shy about that. But he also, he, yeah, because he mentioned earlier he fought Anoki. Exactly, and I wanted yeah. to uh, bring that up. Just what an interesting career for Jesse Ventura. Oh, for sure, man. Like, I mean, the guy so became random. a mayor like that right there is incredible, you know, like. Yeah, we've done our favorites list and obviously, you know, I'm not going to sit here and watch 20 Jesse Ventura matches, but as a personality and like an oh. interesting wrestling guy, he's really up there for me. Like he's 100%. very intri- like, yeah, very uh, interesting guy. Yeah, I mean, there can be guys in wrestling that like you don't watch their matches that you're still into, you know, like. Some guys you just want to see talk like that is a mm-hmm. thing. I think um, right now, like in WWE, like L.A. Knight is like the hottest thing going. And I think the most int- and I'm not saying this to discount him because I like L.A. Knight. But I yes, think the do. best thing about him is like him talking, you know, like because I don't think he's like exceptional in the ring. But there are people that you watch that you're like, oh, man, I'm going to watch like an hour of rock promos or I'm going to watch mm-hmm. an hour of like Jesse, the body and gorilla monsoon, like going back at each other. So I'm mm-hmm. with you, man. Super interesting, super charismatic that what a great voice, you know, one of the, one best, of the best voices one in of the, the history best. of wrestling. Yeah. Somewhat yeah. compelling guy. Um, Bunkhouse buck, AKA Jimmy golden trivia. Do you know, who he portrayed in WWE. Oh. I'm going to give you a hint. It was in 2010. Holy crap. 2010. All right. I had to uh, look this up. So I didn't know this until I looked it up. I don't I know. know I'll, I'll guess because like the only guy that like you could cover up would be Doink. Mm. He did not portray Doink. He portrayed Jack Swagger's father. Oh, shit. I did know that. I forgot. Yeah. It's funny because, like, as we look back, we talk about, like, you know, finding new fondness for these these guys and stuff like that. Bunkhouse Buck is not one of those guys. Me I could not stand his name. I could not stand his ring gear. Like, I remember him and um, Colonel Parker, actually, Robert Fuller. They were the stud stable. I think mm-hmm. it was in like continental wrestling or something. I remember that, but was never into bunkhouse puck. Not even like looking back. I'm like, dude, this guy's mm-hmm. brutal. 
Brutal. Um, I do want to talk about Arn Anderson being Dustin Rhodes' partner and uh, kind of stepping up to the plate to get the young man's back. Did you um, – so this is post-horseman, right? Are we post-horseman? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So Arn at this point kind of floundering a little bit, you know, but uh, he's put with young Dustin Rhodes here. It's interesting because we'll get to the finish and what happened and with Arn, but um, he's another one got them Jake vibes, like the not the DTA type thing. Like now he's a just a jolly old grandpa, technically. But uh, back then he just was such a badass. Like he didn't yep. he didn't scream like uh, buddy, buddy, you know, good guy back then. To yeah, me. yeah. Even his promo was like still really good. Like when Dustin asks him to be his partner, like that little promo there. I mean, here's a guy, right? Arn Anderson. You might not want to watch all his matches. Not that he was a bad worker, but like I'll watch two hours of him doing promos you know like talk about a guy that had charisma and like just shouldn't because he looked like a dad um Mm -hmm. but yeah man he had it and like the even the promo like with him you need a partner i'll be your partner you know what i mean i love what was coming by the way we all (laughs) that's my point yeah like didn't you see this coming from a mile away Mm -hmm. like uh, an anderson and a Rhodes working together come on man that's that's exactly right. Yeah, we, we'll get into the finish. But for a grudge match, they were trying to sort of paint the picture as a grudge match. It didn't translate into anything particularly grudgy or brutal or stiff. It was good wrestling from Funk and Rhodes, but not necessarily like the knockdown, drag out, violent match you'd get from like Funk in other walks of his wrestling career. So yeah. for, for what they were trying to portray as a big, you know, violent uh, personal thing. It didn't really translate. And also, um, I mean, the crowd was a little quiet. They came alive for Dustin's comeback, laying in those Rhodes elbow smashes. Arn outside for the whole match until Dustin finally made the tag, only to be DDT'd by Arn Anderson, turning on Dustin Rhodes, allowing Funk and Bunkhouse to get the win. Post-match, everyone, including Ming, is beating down Dustin Rhodes. Aren't showing his true colors. Like you said, you could have saw this coming a mile away, even if you weren't watching back then, even watching now. Uh, what you make of this match? And did you feel the same way as far as like what they uh, tried to portray versus what was delivered? Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool that they tried to still, you know, talk about like the Funk Roads feud because that was a big deal. You know, uh, Terry Funk and Dusty, that's where we got the famous um dusty sucks egg shirt from Mm -hmm. um so i think that was cool anytime they try to like you know take history and kind of like use that and like reinvent it and continue it i think is cool um by the way dustin rhodes is still wrestling Mm -mm. this is 30 years ago this is 29 years ago this guy is still wrestling talk about like legends and like Hall of Famer, 100% first ballot. And like the dude reinvented himself completely to become gold dust. Just like crazy, man. The guy wrestled in like 89, bro. Like mm-hmm. that's nuts. And like he's still going. And then obviously Terry Funk, the legend. Um, Here's a guy that I didn't appreciate, you know, until later for sure. Um. The Funker. I think he's one of the best of all time. 
honestly. Like in the ring, uh, I think he's a great, great villain. I think he sells like so well. Um, and unfortunately, this was another one that after this match, Terry Funk ended up leaving WCW once again. I don't know mm -hmm. why, but it was like only a few months after. Um, because I ended up watching the next pay-per-view too, because I wanted to see kind of where the company was going and um his replacement. You want to guess who his replacement was to team with Bunkhouse Buck? Hmm. I'll give you a hint. He is a he is a clone of Terry Funk. Hmm. And this was the next pay-per-view? Yep. It's what that. is the next pay-per-view? Fall Brawl? Fall Brawl, yep. Don't look it up. I'm not. Who was it's it? It's that Dirty Dick Slater. Oh, there you go. Yep. Clown. Bro. Like you said before, I mean, literally, it's, I'm uh, just... A... It's crazy. Like, he was trained by Funk and stuff, but, like, this dude is a carbon copy of, of Terry Funk. And that's great. That's not a criticism. Also, tremendous tough guy, apparently, Dick Slater. You did not want to mention Dick Slater. People have said a lot of things. So, yeah, the match was a mess. You saw it coming from a mile away. Like, but any chance I get to see, I mean, Dustin, Arn, and Terry Funk, like, I'm in for sure. It was an average match. We all saw what was going to happen. Arn Anderson, you know, showing his true colors. So, just to give it a rating, I gave it a 2.5. Nice average grade. Generous, yeah. This was yeah. my least favorite match up to this point. 3.5 oh, wow. out of 10. I did not care for most of this stuff i liked some of the fire dustin showed as far as a, a baby face trying to you know come back mount a comeback but overall it was a little flat it felt more of like a tv level match slash mm -hmm. angle even with like a turn yeah you know and uh with bunkhouse buck you, you touched on it earlier like he has not gotten uh more you haven't appreciated him more with age mm -hmm. i feel the same way but um and they're gonna see him again up Later yeah, on. this would set up something. However, this would set up the big, uh, the big war games match mm -hmm. for the next. Mean uh, Gene, Mean Gene called Arn Anderson's uh, heel turn the most disgusting thing he's ever <laughs> seen, <laughs> ever. Yeah. So, I guess you know, he Mean hadn't Gene's seen been around it. a minute. Yeah, I guess he, dude. That post match interview is so good because they're celebrating. Like Arn just won the world title. The champagne's flowing. They're pouring beer on this man's head. There's ladies in the room. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just uh, for turning on Dustin. Mean Gene like uh chastises those ladies. He said they he says they should be ashamed of themselves for yep. even associating with these men. But it was a big win for the uh the stud stable that night because I mean, I don't know. I guess Arn got the big payoff, but they were celebrating yeah. like it was, uh, you know, a world title victory. So good for Arn. Odd, odd pairing, you know, with Bunkhouse <laughs> Buck, Funk, and Arn. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, well, that was kind of it. You you kind of played all into their their backstage segment. That they came like a, I think a match later. They showed that stuff, but yeah, the champagne flowing and all that. It was weird because um, I still, like I said, I got some AEW vibes. Like you got Arn Anderson working on TV every week. You got Shivani every week. You know, I mean, you still get Dustin Rhodes matches, which is crazy in 2023, you know. Um, still and working. like, and he's good. Like, I don't mm -hmm. think he's bad either, you know. Like, I'm sure he's lost a step, but like, I still think he's like 
putting How about his tag team. Do you like that tag team? Oh yeah. Swerving. What is it called? The natural. I don't even know what it's called. Natural. Um, Swerving our glory. Glory. Natural glory. No. I don't know their tag team. No, it's I'm Keith sorry. I'm, I'm mixing. I'm mixing Swerve now with. Uh, no, it's man. Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes. So what's, what's our, the... what is it? Bask in our glory. Is that what? Keith no. Is? What natural? Is this I don't know, bro. We need to figure that out. You gotta what... look that up. You gotta look that up. Keith Lee what and is, Dustin. What Rhodes. is Keith Lee's like thing? Like, what is, is it? Bask, Bask in... in my glory, isn't it? Bask in my glory. So what would be the tag team name? The natural? Lim oh, naturally limitless. <laughs> naturally limitless. We were way off. Oh, right. <laughs> limitless Keith Lee. Okay. That's what it is. Isn't that that's... his thing, though? Doesn't he say bask in my glory or something? I swore that. I'm making that up. All right. We got to no. be on the crowd chants along like that. with that. Ba okay. Oh, bask in his glory. Naturally limitless. Oof, man. There listen, it is. Listen, WWE is corny. But oh. we can't let AEW off no. the hook with some of these nope. team names they've been putting I out agree. there. And just their names alone. Big mm -hmm. Bill, Buddy Matthews. <laughs> like, uh, how about I Jungle like Hook. both of those guys. Yeah, like, like get a name. Like, come on, man. You have the opportunity to change your name. You fucking come up with Big Bill. Let's talk about huge names at this pay-per-view. Another legendary huge name, Hank Aaron in yeah. the house. Yep. And he said he's pulling for both Hogan and Flair in the main event. <laughs> and Bobby, yep. once again, with a great one-liner. Oh, he's a politician or something, you know? Like, he well, he says he's a politician. President. Yeah, and then he says yeah. he's a so-so hitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Meanwhile, he's the greatest of all time. And, like, uh, that's another thing, too, that I wonder, because, like, Bobby was kind of dry, you know? Like, he he had, like, some some sarcastic like humor you know and i mm -hmm. wonder if like some people just you know because some people don't get that oh they you have know? to run like, people the wrong way yeah he just says like oh so so, so hitter and i think that's hilarious but like i wonder if there were people watching me like no he wasn't like he was great you know like right or or hank aaron himself if he was like you know offended. yeah i think i think hank got it hank got it yeah let's talk uh mean gene he's with sensuous sherry not sensational at this point anymore she's no, sensuous. Yes. Sherry and Flair, and Flair acknowledges that, listen, this is Flair's words. I know he's one of your favorite of all time, and he is one of the greatest of all time. But his words, standing room only, sold out arena, sold out word worldwide viewing this main event in WCW. He can't hype up this match anymore with Hogan, and it is actually good stuff setting the stage. Like, I really appreciate I always love this when you have this huge main event, like that the interviews backstage, getting everybody pumped. AEW does a pretty good job of this. WWE doesn't do this anymore on their pay-per-views. It's just match after match after match. Yep. You rarely get like the guy in the locker room getting ready. Anyway, Flair's here to hype up the main event. What do you think about this Sherry and Flair pairing though? I love it actually. And I was like, damn, like this didn't last long at all. You no, know, how didn't long even do you last, think this was? Six months. It didn't even. It didn't even last a year. I know that because on the next pay per view, she's with uh, Harlem Heat, which oh, so not even. Wow. Maybe you know. Maybe they thought that Sherry could, you know, help them. Obviously, Flair doesn't need a mouthpiece. Um, also, Sherry. By the way, did you notice anything about her? 
Uh, I know I, I couldn't put my finger on it unless she's it's, it's thin. A, yeah, it's an appearance thing. Yeah, she is she's thinner, thin. huh? Yeah. I was like, um, yeah, I was like, oh, that's interesting. She really got uh she got a lot thinner. Um, always a dime to me. I love the sensuous one, so it's always a pleasure to see her. Um sensuous. But I thought that um she was really good too, like yes. hyping the matchup. Like she exactly. um her little promo, like she said, um, you know, he's the man. You have to beat him. Like, so I thought both of them did a great job. Obviously, Flair is always gonna talk into something, you know. He calls himself the goat here, by the way. I don't know if you thought he, that. He did. He said, You have to beat the greatest wrestler of all time, blah, blah, blah. So definitely a great way to, and I'm with you, man. Like, I miss that too. Like, one thing that I know we both love, I know Zern loved, um, is when they would you would see them behind the scenes and you would hear that you know, going to the main event. Like so good. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, take a lesson from yesteryear and uh hype it up. Hype up the hype up the main event. I thought it was awesome. So next we get the US title, Ricky Steamboat, stunning Steve Austin champion stunning steve austin u.s title the chemistry between these two pretty damn solid they've worked together at least two or three times that we can remember um what do you think though uh this is the fun part about watching these old shows you see guys like stunning steve pre stone cold we talked about it at the top the tights though the trunks you brought these up recently on another show dragon slayer Stunning Steve out there to slay yep. the dragon, Ricky yep. Steamboat. Uh, why don't you talk? These are two of your well, we all love Austin. And Steamboat is a guy that I think everybody's got like a hundred percent approval rating. Like no one has a bad thing to say about him. Yeah, but Steamer's a weird thing because like everybody loves him, but like I feel like you'll never hear anybody say, like, oh, my my favorite wrestlers are good dragon steamboat. Not even top five. I don't ever hear it's, it. Isn't that that's a strange thing? Because like, yeah, man, we all love them. Like, we'll all, you know, you see, you know, if we're reviewing something, like, you see a Ricky Steamboat match, you're like, oh shit, cool, that'll probably be the best match. Like, you're always like excited for it, but he's nobody's favorite, which is very weird. So if you are a fan of, obviously, we're all fans, but if Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is your favorite wrestler of all time. Drop it in the comments because I gotta know. Yeah, we gotta know if you're if you're the one that has him as your favorite. I think maybe Steamboat. Um, I mean, there's been other guys, whether it's like Benoit, but there's been so many. But Steamboat doesn't have that iconic promo or that um memorable promo or even that promo ability, maybe. Maybe that's why he doesn't rank so high as far as like overall favor for some people, because but then again, like I said, people love Benoit who I would say Steamboat was every bit as good a promo as Benoit, or would you disagree? Um, yeah, I think they both didn't really do that much, though, you know? Like, you, I can think of maybe, like, one Ricky Steamboat promo and, like, maybe two Benoit promos. So, that, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. good work rate, guys. Maybe it was the lack of, like, personality or something that people didn't um identify with and by the way we love ricky steamboat so it's not Mm -hmm. like we're sitting here but yeah like it's interesting that no one ever says like oh yeah well 
Who's your favorite? Oh, it's Ricky Dreng's Steamboat. Right, no, you never like, do I, hear that. I want to meet that person. Also, Steamboat blowing the fire here in WCW. Yep. Although people would get on the WWF for that, you know, oh, they're making him a literal dragon and all this yeah. stuff. But he still continued it on WCW. He was uh, living the gimmick. It's interesting how that happens, you know, because like a lot of these guys look at the bus, man, you know, like double mm-hmm. like, oh, they took this big Bubba Rogers, who was like this legit ass kicker and made him like a prison guard. And it's like he comes back yeah. and what's he doing? You know, like mm-hmm. and who do we I remember? Mean, we remember the prison guard. Yeah. And like even like in current wrestling, like Alistair Black, you know, like he was Tommy End and he comes back and he's Malachi Black, you know, like mm-hmm. they kind of continue doing their thing. And it's like when people were saying like, oh, I can't believe they made him do that. You know, it's just interesting. So, yeah, Keith Lee, he's another one. Yeah, there you go. Like another guy that I mean, they didn't. They didn't put him in a skirt in AEW, though, so they got that going for him. No, but I mean, um, we'll talk one day about Vince McMahon's batting average as far as, you know, how many times he's been right. But I, I would say yeah. that the old man knows his shit usually. Um, maybe maybe he's right about some of these guys. But Well, in the, in the 80s, he has probably a 95% mm-hmm. success rating. That's for sure. Yeah. And here we are in 1994. So it's Steve Austin versus Ricky Steamboat. Steamboat kind of, um, I don't want to say winding down. I don't know if that's the right word, but but kind of is here, right? 94 into 95, he'd be winding down for sure. I yeah, mean, when I mean, did we get the final uh, Steamboat match before he took a long break and had the WWF run with Jericho or WWE run? Yeah, and Steam- that was that was his choice. You know, Steamer was a... He was a family guy and he had his gym and, you know, that's what he wanted to do, which is great, you know, because how many wrestlers don't get to go out on their own terms. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, for sure, like wrestling in the mid card here, you know, after, you know, being NWA world champion, you know, previously he was feuding with Flair, but I give him a lot of respect here for working with Austin when obviously they didn't really see much in him. I don't think. Um, Mm -hmm. And you could also see like Steve Austin kind of starting to come into his own, like where when he first came in the WCW, he's got like the purple tights and the white Mm -hmm. boots and like the long blonde hair and the robes and stuff. And now he's got just the vest on. He's got, black tights black boots so we're kind of seeing like the transition it's like that middle phase before he you know unfortunately gets fired by wcw and then it all worked out for him then. it did so steamboat september of 94 so here we are in july okay, so just wow. two months later fired wow. by eric bischoff via fedex Jeez. while injured ending two decades worth of a uh, relationship with, with Turner and Crockett, you know, he, steamboat at this time, 41 years old, retired. Wow. Retired. Wow. In 1994, September 94, retired, hung up the boots. And that wasn't until 2005 that he would even have a match again, which was against Jericho. Like he looks fantastic here, by the way. Looks great, but he debuted in 76. So he basically had like an 18 year run at this point. It's just crazy. Wow. That's insane. It's just nuts. Um, but so you're right. He was pretty much uh, kind of winding down here. It was over. But let's talk about the match. I f- I think Steamboat 
he plays a lot of the greatest hits in this one, even though he's, you know, still work. He could do anything in that ring, but I think he played uh, all the great hits. Him and Steamboat, him and uh, Austin's chemistry, it can't be denied. Austin faking the knee injury, which allowed him to get the upper hand, worked on the arm, uh, or I'm sorry, Steamboat working on Steve's arm for most of it. Heenan on commentary for this one, like you said, he'd be back in the booth after Ventura was in there. And the bickering with Shivani was entertaining here. They were going at it. This was their kind of highlight as far as their, uh, you know, their bickering for the night. Mm -hmm. A few scattered boring chants, though. And I I, got to ask, you know, crowd was a little flat for this one. Was it? I I mean, they were they were working the the arm for a while. The rest holds were in there. Yeah. But one thing I want to point out is that Austin was always pretty bitter about not being a top guy in WCW. And you touched on this earlier. Fans even say that WCW missed the boat. But Mm -hmm. this version of Steve Austin, even though he was coming close, he wasn't super over. Like, he Mm -hmm. just wasn't. And and still super solid. But I don't know if he was a main eventer. And at least not with this push. This, Yeah. You know, what do you think? Yeah, man. No, I, I don't. I always liked Austin, but once again, it's a guy where like in WCW, like U.S. champion, I feel like he's where he should be. You know, um, sometimes you have to go through that adversity to mm-hmm. succeed. And like him getting fired turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to him because he ends up going to ECW and cutting that, you know, legendary promo. and. The rest is history, man. You know, like sometimes things work in mysterious ways. And yeah, I mean, he was cool. I always liked him. But like, no, I didn't see him as like the main eventer. You know, like I saw Ric Flair as the main eventer. I saw Hogan as the main eventer and Stinger as the main eventer. But um, I do think there were dudes that worked with Austin. And I always appreciated that. Like I always appreciated Steamboat working mm-hmm. with him you know because like steamboat was former world champion there you know so like for him to do that with austin i thought was cool stinger worked with austin you know there were uh macho man worked with austin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like i always thought that was cool but um i mean it all worked out you know who <laughs> no it's but just, the thing it about it weird. The thing about it is, uh, like you said, going through that adversity, it's it's like everybody wants the instant gratification, especially mm-hmm. nowadays, right? Everybody yeah. with the LA Knight thing, everybody's like, come on, you're going to miss the boat. Like, give the man the world title or give the man a title or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the whole point, and I, I kind of defend the WWEs, they're not always right, but um, you want the fans to bitch and moan and clamor for that guy to get his just due like like yeah you know without the firing austin doesn't become stone cold no, like he doesn't he doesn't stuff in ecw what's going to happen with la night i don't know maybe they will just say he's not top guy in our eyes we're not going to do it like they they've been wrong about that stuff but they've yeah. also been right to make you wait like mm-hmm. make you wait until you just can't take it anymore yeah i think it's like a double-edged sword um i think a lot of times like Vince, you know, he doesn't I don't think he likes when guys get over on their own. Like, I think we saw that like a prime example is Zack Ryder. Like that dude was so over and like they did nothing with him. And at this point, L.A. Knight has the top four selling shirts on WWE.com. 
they don't have to do anything with him. He's already doing exactly. what he wants him to do, you know? I mean, I, exactly I do right. think that he should have won uh, Money in the Bank, and we're not going to go on this L.A. night tangent. Well, we're off. talking about, you know, his huge yeah. inspiration here, Steve Austin. It's That's a similar true. situation. One of them. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Austin a situ- and Rock similar situation, baby, though. And it's only no. Yeah, they raised but, the baby. Um, yeah, I mean, I think sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong. And I think at WrestleMania, they were wrong about Cody Rhodes. But what True. do I know? But getting back to this match, Austin tried to throw Steamboat over the top rope, which would have been a DQ back then. A lot of fans, could you imagine now if we still had that as a rule? Yep. Um, Steamboat holding on, skimming the cat, coming back in. I didn't mind this pace. Like, I know the crowd was kind of chaining boring at times. Like, these are two of the best to ever do it in a match. Not much, not so much in their primes, but I like the pace. I like the work in the arm and stuff like that. Lots of different pinning combinations. Crowd did come alive a bit towards the final sequence. How about that tombstone reversal spot? The one that you and I used to do in my mom's living room. Yep. Right. Just <laughs> like this. Not that's I, not this many times, though. I think they had a third twist. Yeah, in this one. crazy. Awesome. There were a lot of cool little spots. I liked when um when Steamboat gave Austin the stun gun. I thought that was cool. Like giving him oh, yeah. his, own move. his own move. I thought Steamboat walking the ropes was cool. You know, um, what do they call that? Old school Undertaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought there was a lot of cool stuff. I thought it was entertaining. Obviously, like you said, like two of the greatest of all time. I think that's fair to say, you know. Um, so like when you look at it on paper, you're like, oh shit, I get to watch mm-hmm. like Ricky Steamboat. And it's stunning Steve Austin. And it's very weird as well because it's like what Austin became, you know, like stone cold. He he looks like a different person here. Mm-hmm. Like it almost feels like a different person, which is so strange. But yeah, man, I enjoyed it for sure. Um, I thought, yeah, the crowd, that's a bummer that like they weren't feeling it, you know, Um. I guess it was like the slower pace, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. 3.5 out of 5. Okay. I'm a little higher than you, believe it or not, which is, um, let's just talk about how the fact Austin trying to get DQ'd to keep his title. That was part of this, <laughs> pulling the ref in front of himself at one point. Once Austin again, did eventually. Storytelling. Exactly. And that's why I did kind of enjoy it, even though the pace might have been too slow for some people. It was a 20-minute match. Austin eventually cheats to win, putting his feet on the ropes. So solid, I'd say good, but not great. Probably mm-hmm. my favorite match by this point. Not by much, because I did like to pick, you know, the Guardian Angel Vader match, but <laughs> 4.5 out of 10 for me for this one. And with Austin, you know, like you said, coming into his own here, only 30 years old in this match. Holy smokes. Wow. Just a young Steve Austin. So you're talking about that. Oh, like I didn't get my, you know, you're only 30, bro. Like you'd get your, you'd get your, uh, your push eventually, Steve. Yeah. It was coming. And also like how um, the end of the match, you know, he puts his feet on the ropes and just Mm -hmm. how like flexible and agile he was back then. like to get his his feet on the ropes like that and then he like squiggles out of the ring just um austin was like a really good athlete like i don't think people ever give him that credit you know when they talk about him but he was man obviously he ended up having the knee injuries he hurt his neck he got really banged up but like mm-hmm. 
he was a really good athlete. Became a brawler, so people yeah. associate him with a brawling style. But yep. Steamboat did get a very good match out of him. Um, good, but not great, like I said. But I think mm-hmm. it's crazy to think Steamboat was just done after this in two months because this version of Steamboat is probably – I'm just going to go out on a limb. I can't – I love WWF in 94, but like he's probably just as good as their top three or four guys. So he could have went anywhere and just yeah. – had a whole other run if he wanted to yeah and you wonder like was it did he just want to go home you know did he just want to go be with his family and like because i don't know i feel like if he would have called vince and been like hey vince you got anything for me like a ricky steamboat you have anything for ricky steamboat you know sean michaels versus ricky yeah. steamboat in 1995 there's a lot of there's the possibilities are endless but bret hart and ricky steamboat yeah we'll yeah. have to get into that and look that up and see Maybe he's crazy. Just done, man. Yeah, I know he was injured when he got fired, but um, yeah, Ricky Steamboat. This is uh winding down here. It's crazy. Let's go into the next match because we had another guy kind of winding down, so to speak, like Paul Paul Orndorff. Pretty wonderful. So this one, this tag team name works, even though it's kind of like tongue in cheek or on the on, nose. On the nose, yeah. But it works, right? Yeah, like, I yeah I. I like this team actually. Um, shout out to Ed because I know Ed's a big, pretty wonderful fan. Um, okay, I liked a lot of these like veteran teams that they ended up putting together. Like they had um, like they would use Dick Slater, they would use Greg Valentine, they used um, Dick Murdoch, like guys like that for like tag teams, which I thought was cool because like. Guys that are in the twilight of their career, you know, yeah, Paul Orndorff was obviously like winding down. He he, um, I think it was his neck that he hurt, right? Is that what? Well, that in the arm, that's why, yeah, the neck. Yeah, was his bad. arm was a result mm-hmm. of the neck. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, put him with this, you know, Paul Roma, who, you know, the Horseman thing didn't really work out for him. Um, <laughs> I always thought that was kind of like, I don't know. I felt like he got like unnecessary, like bashed for that. I don't know. Like they're trying to make stars, you know, they tried to make this guy like a new mm-hmm. star and like it didn't work, but like you got to try to make new stars, man. But this team, they seem like they enjoyed being around each other. You yeah. know, they, they look like they had fun together. So like, it was cool. And then um, the opposite team, uh cactus jack and kevin sullivan um i actually liked i liked that team because like it kind of it kind of made sense like two like kind of like hardcore dudes like they had cool matches with like the nasty boys and stuff like that um i like cactus jack man i did um i felt like i liked him obviously more by himself but I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool when he was with Kevin Sullivan and like they won the tag team titles. And I thought this match was an interesting matchup. Yeah. So we did have Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan, the champions, WCW tag champions versus pretty wonderful Paul Roma, Paul Orndorff. And at this point in WCW, the tag division, I would say, though, was not super strong. And mm-hmm. that's something WWE gets criticized for throwing two guys into a random team. This is every wrestling promotion, though, I think. Even AEW does this now. Like, I don't know what's going on with this AEW um, blind tag team (laughs) eliminator tournament or whatever it is. 
but it's just a lot of random guys. And, and like mm-hmm. you mentioned, like sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. It was supposed to be Dave Sullivan with Kevin, but Cactus stepped in and these guys are the champions. Like originally the, the idea was Dave Sullivan, which I don't know, man. Dave Sullivan, the the gimmick, I think, was uh, meant to be, what would you call Dave Sullivan? Like a uh, sort of like a, a basket case? Yeah. Um. So he was the equalizer previously. Right. He was like just another like big, you know, supposed badass dude. He wasn't very cool. Um. I, I guess if you would equate it, there's not really anything to equate it to now, but I guess he would be like a Eugene almost like a right. Right. I think it was almost like a special needs type gimmick because he was very mm-hmm. like um childlike in his you know, and he comes out wearing the Hulk Hogan shirt and stuff like that. Um, yeah, talk about distracting, man. Like, so distracting. Yeah, I could never know who Dave Sullivan was. All due respect, dude. You know, good for you. You had a job in wrestling, but yeah, not into it. And I'm well, actually surprised too, not to cut you off, but like, mm. you have this tall, blonde haired dude with a Hulk Hogan mustache. I'm actually surprised that they even let him stay there you know what i mean or like eventually they did cut his hair i don't know if you remember that but mm-hmm. yep. yeah it was just weird very distracting outside of the ring well the styles the medley of styles in this one i found to be on like just everything felt unorthodox mm-hmm. unorthodox teamwork from cactus sullivan i do think paul orndorff and, and roma had chemistry like you said believable friendship or chemistry it's crazy though to think Kevin Sullivan here, pretty much your like forty. He's in our age here. That's mm-hmm. it's just weird because he always is another guy looks so old. Yeah, it looks so old. Yep. Um, but it's uh, crazy. One it's thing old. before you get into the match, I don't know if you caught this because, like, I know you're an Orndorff fan, and you probably yeah. caught this because, like, I, I love put him over. Yeah, like him. him putting the robe to the girl, and then like shooing her off. <laughs> Just like, like I said, I feel like they're having a lot of fun here, man. I feel like Orndorff is like having a lot of fun here. Um, He's got the girls laughing as they walk away with, you know, mm-hmm. their robes. I feel like he was content with being Paul Roma's partner. I thought that was cool of him. You know, he's a veteran here, like, and he's working with Paul Roma, who, by the way, was a straight up job guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like when Orndorff was in the WWF in the main event, Roma was maybe not there. He was down he here. Was, he was all the way down, you know? So I think that's cool, like, that he Paying it forward. worked with him. Yeah, and, like, you know, where, like, the horsemen, maybe they didn't work with him. But I thought that was cool that, uh, you know, they look like they're having fun. And when that happens, I'm like, I'm into it. You know, they got the matching tights. It says pretty wonderful on it. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. And like I said, I had a I had fun with this match because those guys look like they're having fun. Yeah. Both of them, by the way, look like a million dollars. Like so that's what I want to say really quick because yeah. Kevin Sullivan, he, he's he's about our age here-ish, right? And and Paul Orndorf, pretty much the same age, if not older, looks like one zillion dollars. And then you got Kevin Sullivan who is that right? They're the same age here? Roma and... Ruff, no, no. Uh, Sullivan and Orndorff. Okay, okay. Yep, yep. R- roughly the same age. And Orndorff's out there looking shredded, you know, and just... Yeah, well... 
in comparison to Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, I you mean, know, I putting him over. There's there's guys my age that look, you know, incredible too. It's called going to the gym and having a, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Orndorff yeah. was always like committed to that, like. That's also committed though to being a heel though well, you mentioned that pulling the robe away i wanted to, i want to just touch on the fact that paul andorf's commitment to the gimmick and i think the way why this worked or at least it did to us is uh they embraced it you know and sometimes yeah. people pout and they cry because they're not getting creative and then it mm-hmm. doesn't work because we know you don't believe it and then you got guys like this who they're trying to make the best of it and we believe it yeah I I really from the moment they walked out of the curtain I'm like damn they actually look like they're like happy to be here with each other you know what I mean I think that's I think that's cool and I I credit Paul Orndorff rest in peace man Mr. Wonderful. Ah yeah yeah Love him seventy so much. would have been seventy years old yep I know. um but what a what a great talent um go watch some Paul Orndorff stuff but uh. Yeah, for him to work with like the younger Roma, like I said, I think that's really cool. I think that says a lot about him. Yeah. And the problem with this um, love fest with Paul Roma for me or with Paul Horndorf with me right now is the fact that on the other side, as much as Mick Foley is such an endearing guy, this match and the crowd kind of uh, echoes my feelings. I think there were scattered, boring chance. Mm-hmm. They did the wave during this match, which is just. This was an unforgiving crowd during this match. Yeah. And and the, and the commentary kind of tried to do their best to cover it up. But uh, they just were not into this match because of the fact I think there was some unorthodox sort of mesh, meshing. Scene. I, yeah, I think the crowd was wrong. I really do. Mm, like, I really? think, do this. Try this. Watch them. Watch the match with the sound off. But see, then you would be asking me to watch a Kevin Sullivan match again, and I hate to watch <laughs> Kevin Sullivan in anything. There's some but... cool stuff in this match, man. I think there's some like fun little spots in this match. Like I'm not, I'm not. Do you as like far... Sullivan? Do you do you like? I him? don't. I don't. I'm not like a Kevin Sullivan fan. No, I I um, I think I probably dislike him more than I like him. But like, mm-hmm. once again, like if you're where you should be on the card i'm cool with you you know and like i don't know that he should be tag team champion but like you mentioned there's not a lot of there's not a lot of teams at this time um but in what in what match or in what a setting do you feel like kevin sullivan even presents and i um i know all about the taskmaster i know all about his work in florida i know he did this and that he tried to be all you know occult like and whatnot yeah, right. but but yep. i mean with his stature with his boston accent mm-hmm. i don't know where he fits in yeah. at all on any that's of my fair. roster yep you know that's fair um i'm not the person that's ever going to try to change somebody's mind you know yeah. like there's a lot of things in current pro wrestling that people will talk to me about and they say how great it is and i'm like yeah man cool i'm glad you can enjoy that <laughs> right that's because fair. like i do not you know so i'm not going to sit here and tell you like kevin sullivan's like this great like thing you need to watch this and that um when i'll tell you that when kevin sullivan was like going after precious gorgeous jimmy garvin's precious Mm -hmm. when he was like trying to like kidnap her that i mean this is going back but like with that match the tower of doom and stuff like i thought that was cool he was like kind of scary to me even though he was like a little dude i felt like he was like a creep you know, like a mm-hmm. creepy dude. 
and he had backup to help him, I guess. But yeah, I mean, if you don't like Kevin Sullivan, I get it. He's five well, foot nothing and <laughs> distracting with that stupid accent. Um, I do How think about he the had... fact that he had the the blonde hair, and there were so many times where he come out with the red and yellow, and I'm just like, bro, there's another yeah. guy on this show. Yep. With you know, yeah. Um, it's interesting, but I wonder yeah. what his um power over the business. I know he's respected. Yep. Yep. You know, um, it's yeah. interesting that he made it a mainstay. It is interesting. Like, ended up booking for WCW. Right. That's what I mean. You know. Like, so what, yeah. What did he have on these people? I don't know, man. Maybe like he was friends with Dusty. They had that like Florida connection. Who yeah. knows? Um, I think Flair liked them. Um, interesting. And maybe. Flair liked him because he had Flair winning. You know, who knows? Once again, we get into the politics, right? Like, maybe has pictures of Jim Crockett Sr. Who the hell knows? Exactly. But, exactly. Yeah. I mean, well, let me I think talk about a... um really quick just the fact that mm -hmm. what I think hurt this match more than any of my dislike of Kevin Sullivan is the length of time. Because as yeah. much as I, I, you know, quantity doesn't always mean quality. That's the idea. And this is why I think I preferred like Vader and the guardian angel over most of the matches on this show is, you know, less was more. They did it for eight minutes. We would have liked a better finish, yep. but it yeah. was all good action packed eight minutes. It was compact, hard hitting, innovative yeah. even. And then this one, 20 some minutes. Whew. And I don't know, man. I mean, also, maybe like this is kind of heel versus heel in a way or tweener versus heel. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think we really knew who to cheer for. God bless Shivani trying to like make this into something better yeah. than it was. Well, I um, think the 20 minute thing is Kevin Sullivan's the booker, <laughs> right? Like he's going to get as much time as he wants. So that explains that. Um, Zern always mentions it, you know, like if it's a short match, he's like, we can have a six minute match where like this happens or you can give me six minutes where it's like jam-packed action-packed blah 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 and i think that in that guardian angel um vader match it was short but we got some really cool stuff hard hitting mm -hmm. high flying the whole deal and in this not so much it's very <laughs> long and it's uh like you said it's kind of tweener versus villain so you don't have a rooting interest and that could be why the crowd ended up doing the wave. You know, they were kind of like Cactus was kind of a good guy here. Um, mm -hmm. But like Kevin Sullivan, how do you cheer for that dude? You know, he's like the <laughs> devil, you know, in right, exactly. incarnations. But um, yeah, I agree. It was long. Um, and that's probably what was the ultimate, you know, downfall of the match. Like if you could have went like 12 minutes, you know, that would have been cool, you know? Yeah, because we did get but new I, tag team champions. That's just to get yeah. the finish in here. We got some cheating, yeah. uh, and, and of course <laughs> from the from the heels, pretty pretty yep. wonderful, holding some legs down while the other pinned. Uh, I believe it was Foley who took the pin, but when it was all of said course. and done, of course yeah. it was. Can't have Kevin Sullivan getting pinned <laughs> on these streets. Get out of here. <laughs> when it was all said and done, we did have new tag champions. Pretty wonderful, you know, which is cool. But I just didn't find too much redeemable about this match. I gave it a very very generous 2.3 out of 10 wow. and uh that's based on the commentary and just the aesthetic of old school wrestling because i love the set of bash at the beach you start to your mind starts to wander when you're so disinterested and you're like yeah. you know what i i do just love old wcw but mm -hmm. at the same time i couldn't care less about this match which is right a shame 
Yeah, so that's is. where I'm at with it because it hurt the card for me because I like the show otherwise. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it, but yeah, um, I think that, like you said, man, I think it was just too long because I do think there were some cool, there were some entertaining, cool spots. Like, you know, you you got like the old school, uh, Sullivan puts Orndorff's head into the turnbuckle, the crowd counting with him. Roma comes over, he gets Roma, and then he does both at the same time. There was like a cool little spot where um, one of the guys got whipped into the ropes and Cactus jumps up on the uh, top rope to like stop him from like getting, you know, pushed into the turnbuckle. I think there was some cool stuff, but yeah, yeah I think ultimately it was just too long. And I think uh, it was just Kevin Sullivan, you know, being like, listen, guys, like I'm going to get my shit in and, you know, blah, 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 blah. You're going to go over, but I got to get my shit in because, you know, that's just the way it is. Sullivan. Yep, we did get the wave. Bad boy, what you rate? Overall, I gave it a two point five. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. You know, wow. Like, yeah. Listen, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad. It's it's enjoyable still to me. You know, like there's for sure. It's too long, but like I'm a big fan of like two guys in that ring. I also got to thinking like because you know Mick Foley, Cactus Jack has gone on record to say like. The reason he became a wrestler was when he saw Jimmy Snuka jump Mm. off the top of that cage, blah, blah, blah. So I wonder if he was like kind of not starstruck, but being like, damn, working with Paul Orndorff because like Orndorff was there at that. Yeah. And that kind of crossed my mind. Like if Cactus was kind of like, damn, this is pretty cool. You know, like I made it, you know, I'm in the ring with Paul Orndorff. Little did he know what he would go on to do. But well, it almost always gets like that. Two months later, uh, Jack was out. Cactus Jack Jack's was out. Another, another guy. Lost a loser leaves WCW match to guess who? It's Kevin very Sullivan. easy. There you go, brother. Yeah, Kevin. <laughs> F.N. Sullivan, brother. Get at it. Get um, out of my ring, pal. But for 20 minutes, man, you know, yeah, you, have too a, much. A team, you have Harlem Heat on their roster. You have you have ways to kind of uh, fill up a couple other minutes on this show. But let's get into what we all came here for. The match of the century, the main event, the two, two, at this point, you got to say the two biggest names ever in wrestling at this point, this is before we had stone cold or the rock or any of these other guys, but here we go. The biggest match in the history of our sport, as said by Tony Schiavone, (laughs) we got Nick Bockwinkle. We got Shaq. We got Michael Buffer. We got Hank Aaron in the, in the crowd. We got all the big names here as this match is about to kick off. Shaq is going to present the winner with the title belt after the match. Bobby called this the granddaddy of them all, which could be copyright infringement. That I don't know. Copyright infringement. Um, flares out with Sherry. Hogan makes his entrance, and he's the only guy to get pyro, I believe, on this show. Got to preserve those those funds and use the money yeah, wisely. Listen, man, they already to. spent a billion dollars probably on Mister T. <laughs> who's by his side, Jimmy Hart, Mr. T out there with Hulk Hogan. Listen, like it or not, this crowd became unglued for Hogan's entrance. Just the way it is. Hogan in 94 was still must-see TV, and, and the fans still loved him. He, even though it would die out you know, before the NWO, Hogan was probably having his detractors. People were sick of it. Like you said, he was passe, teen. The kids who loved him were now teenagers or adults or something like that. 
But the mega star power that this territory, you could say, needed, it has arrived. Hulk Hogan is here as much as you love Flair or anyone loves Flair. You need a dance partner. You need another name at the top. And Hogan did more than enough to make this uh, prestigious and feel prestigious. So my whole point with that is Michael Buffer essentially uh, compares this match to Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong walking on the moon. Because he basically is doing the intros and he's saying, not since then have we had this kind of, you know, um, mega earth shattering presence in one place. Mm-hmm. And here we are. So I absolutely love the hype and the importance they're putting in this this showdown. Yep. All that said, let's see if it lives up to the hype, right? Because uh, this was built like the, the greatest thing ever for WCW. Yeah. I agree, man. Like, um as far as like presentation like you couldn't ask for anything better it you know they they had all the big names like you said they mentioned um like hank aaron's on the show anoki's there like you got michael buffer announcing and yeah you have the two biggest names probably in wrestling at that time um certainly two of the biggest of all time even now um but yeah did it live up that's what that's what we'll get to because uh i don't i don't think that it did personally oh my god well hold on let's get to let's get to the match (laughs) but before we do that i want to uh ask you if you would have booked it similarly because this is hogan only one month into his wcw contract yep and they throw him into the big spot this is what i wanted another company to do recently like with cm punk particularly when he came into aew i wanted him right at the top i feel like that's Mm -hmm. how you do it right Mm -hmm. same when wcw got bret hart that's kind of how i think you should do it but i really respect that wcw got themselves the super duper duper megastar and put them right at the tippity top would you have done the same though yeah i mean i think you have to you know uh the problem is for me why it didn't live up to it is because you knew what was going to happen you know like you knew 100 percent hogan was coming in he's getting the title here we go it's hulkamania time and for me like i like that you know why do we watch stuff we don't watch it we we don't know the ending you know like you want to enjoy that journey you know sometimes we know the ending um because it's like normally like a a story that leads up to it you know like the good guy goes through all this adversity he gets to wrestlemania he wins the title mm-hmm. like that's what happens you know um unless you're cody Rhodes. right but, yeah um with this i just felt like if it was if it wasn't so obvious i think it probably could have been better um i still enjoyed it but they were this is their plan, man. They were, they were, it was this transitional thing. They were like, all right, this is our plan now. Hogan's at the top and we're going to get this Hulkamania machine moving. And uh, they paid the dude a lot of money for not a lot of action. He was getting, this is 1994. Okay. When he signed his contract, he signed for three pay-per-views and three clash of the champions. He was getting $300,000 per appearance. So he shows up at Bash at the Beach 94. He made $300,000 in one night. This is 29 years ago. 
just to put into perspective, you know, the money they were paying the student. So like, yeah, if you're going to give them that much, put the strap on them. So what I was saying is like, if I was running a company and I had the ability to have, I don't know, whoever, two of the biggest stars right now. And I had to build my pay-per-view. Like, this is what I would do. Like I would get sure. whoever the mainstream, um, stars are of today like fill in the blank whoever you may think yep. is the big the weekend or whoever's the biggest of the biggest right and i would just really try to get guys lebron i would get them in the crowd they just did such a good job i really because wcw gets a lot of heat but yeah ha- they just this is how you do it i think you know if you're going to try to be a big way big dog in the race like you present it like what do you say all the time it's like if you present it like it's serious we will follow suit. And they did at least present this match. Like it's a very serious thing. It's prestigious title, you know? So, yeah, um, I mean, they're calling it a sport, you know, mm -hmm, like it's going to be like this athletic competition, this fight to see, you know, who is the, the true man in pro wrestling. So I agree with you. It wasn't, it wasn't because of their execution for me. I know, you know, I think it was just for me, it's two years too late. That's all. And I still enjoyed the match. It's Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. Man. Like, you're going to enjoy the match, right? But, like, this isn't the way, as as well as they presented it, this is not one of the greatest matches of all time. But is it one of Hogan's? I mean, top ten? Mm-hmm. Sure, maybe, you know, I'd, I would have to think about that. But yeah, like when I think of Hulk Hogan's great matches, this certainly isn't one that I think of. It might be for me going forward. I did like yeah. it. I really okay. enjoyed it. But I want to talk about uh, the fact that you said he got 300 grand per appearance here. Mm -hmm. This is why uh, I know you said before, like the money for you isn't everything. But I think when you talk about greatness or all, any of those things, like to get that contract to be the guy that's like demanding 300 like that to me that is goat status like i'm just gonna come in i'm gonna make 300 grand watch what by the way i looked it up that would convert to six hundred and fifteen thousand dollars current day so that'd be mm -hmm. like if somebody came in so, five matches six hundred thousand so it would be like almost four million dollars yep for six matches yeah yeah how pretty about damn that? good pretty yeah. damn good it's not himself. no 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 i don't say like guys shouldn't get their money and stuff brett got a lot of money when he went to mm -hmm. wcw that's not what i'm saying for me i'm saying i always like when guys like do it because they love wrestling right but hogan was a money guy money. yeah, yeah and sure. hogan loved the money 100%. he loved the money yeah um listen man i bet bret hart loved his money too when he got you know i'm not i'm not like delusional money is what it is you know but mm -hmm. like the guys that like grew up on wrestling and like love wrestling those are the guys that i seem to gravitate towards that's all but that's folks are still one of my top 10 all-time favorites yeah he's right in there in your favorites yep. slim down steroid free hulk hogan here. yeah yeah nice and slim although I hogan, like uh, how they present it though oh heenan says this is the best hulk ever looked continuing to sell once again, man, the brain, dude. True. Oh, he looks like he, you know, shed some weight and he looks great. You know, he's in better shape than he's ever been, blah, blah, blah. 
once again, you can't teach that, man. That's on the spot. That's Bobby being Bobby. I think Heenan, though he portrayed Heenan family, I hate Hulk Hogan and all that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's storyline. I think he and Hogan, he must have had a, so much respect for Hogan is my point. Like, I think, like, because sure. they came up through WWF, like, he must have looked at Hogan like he knows where the bread is buttered or where they. Uh, exactly, like, man. You know, and he's trying to do it again in here in WCW. Like, sure. let's get this man ahead of our yeah team and lead us you know yeah i mean he even says like you know i think he says like i know he's great and blah 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 but i just hate him you know whatever he says you know um yeah all the guys you know in the 80s you watch all these shoot interviews everybody everybody wanted to be on the show because they would do multiple shows they wanted to be on the show that hogan was on because they knew it was going to sell out and they were going to make more money. So Bobby's not an idiot. He knows that Hogan being here is going to make WCW more money. Consequent, consequentially, like that's his company that he works for. Maybe he'll get more money, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, he knows what he's doing, you know? I, I, that is interesting though, to think about, you know, you wonder about like their relationship backstage, yeah, you know? Totally. George Foreman, the man who trained Hulk for this one, apparently, you know, you got to love that. <laughs> Uh, Hulk Hogan claims, by the way, <clears throat> that he was going to do the grill, the Hulk, the George Foreman grill before uh, Foreman. It was going to mm. be the Hulk Hogan grill. Funny little tidbit there. The match, though. So Flair sold his tail off, I think, mm-hmm. for Hogan. And um, <clears throat> Hulk did all of his patented stuff, crowd ate it up. I think they were into what you said is predictable, although it is like they were ready to see it again. You know, they were ready mm-hmm. to kind of like indulge in that stuff again. Sherry's interference, turn the tides, flares, heel antics, put the Hulkster in danger. Classic, you call it basic, but classic stuff that just works. It's a couple of near falls. Um, I just think, look, Sherry ended up pulling the ref out and you get the big splash. Uh, she put a big splash on Hulk. There's a lot of like shenanigans, but I think this was sports entertainment like this was pro wrestling mm-hmm. or sports entertainment like it was basic like if someone now watched this match who loves whatever they love nowadays like this might seem generic to them but i think it was really done so so well i guess what i'm trying to say is after i watched this this is the best you could have possibly gotten out of hulk hogan and rick flair at this point mm-hmm. for the way their styles work like flair's the heel you got all the star power around it. Hulk's the baby face. There's a title on the line. It's the main event. Like they did as good as they could possibly do, because I heard that they didn't deliver that well in WWF on the house mm. shows. Right. And that's why they didn't end up having the match at Mania. Which is a knock against the WWF. If you. Why didn't they present their match like this? Mm-hmm. They're all about celebrity involvement and shit. Like, how did they miss the boat on this? presentation of flair versus hogan you know imagine if they would have did it it would have been that much bigger yeah i mean once again maybe it was maybe one of the guys didn't want to do business like we don't know you know um we know that hogan had creative control in wcw so when he came in he's like yeah brother i'll come in but i'm gonna get the strap first night you know (laughs) and flair i mean flair wasn't I don't think Flair was ever a guy that like didn't want to do a job. You know, I n- I never got he was that. Very generous, yeah. 
yeah impression from him so like of course you want to come to wcw terry and like win the title and we can draw a bunch of money and sure i mean why not i agree with you though like it they did what they could you know mm-hmm. like with you know i don't know how old these guys are here but i mean they certainly weren't in their prime at this time um yeah, like could yeah, you a, I, a better Flair versus Hogan match in WCW at this point? You know, I just think they did a really good job delivering what they promised. Yeah, yeah that's fair. But like, do I have to say this is like a great match because they gave the best that they could give? You know, right? Like, no, right? Yeah. Um, I was actually I just, yeah, I was just um, pleasantly surprised at how much I liked yeah, this. Yeah, no, I. Listen, like I said, you give me Hogan and Flair. Anytime I see either of those guys, I'm into it. Then you put Jimmy Hart, who we love. um, Sherry, who I love. Like all these, you know. And then, like you mentioned, the story, the build up to it. Like Shaq's outside. We got Michael Buffer. The presentation was there. Mm -hmm. And as far as like it being a basic match, like there's nothing wrong with that. Right. There's a formula to... Mm -hmm. There's a formula to pro wrestling, like good versus evil will never go out of style. We had mm-hmm. that. And, you know, the bad guy getting heat on the good guy. So the good guy can make the eventual comeback. It's been working for as long as I've been watching wrestling. So, yeah, I yeah. thought that was all there. You know, it's just that- how about um, how about Flair um, and Hogan kind of trading figure fours. Hogan put Flair in the figure four leg lock. I thought that was a cool yep. little wrinkle. Flair hitting Hogan with the brass knucks, which you know that's not going to affect the Hulkster. No, nah, you're going to need no. a lot more than brass knucks. He kicked out. I think it might have been a one and a half. Hulkamania's alive. Hogan hulks up. The crowd ate it up. Heenan's begging for this to end, um, and and it's just the crowd became unglued because we did have a new WCW champion. Fireworks. Shaq raises his hand. Hulkamania lives. It's the strongest force in the universe. Like they were saying all this stuff, really just putting him on the pedestal. Um, I tried to put myself in like WCW mindset 94. Like they really it would be like AEW now getting Roman Reigns. I mean, mm-hmm. it really would be. Yeah. Uh it, it would be that because it wouldn't be CM Punk because he's an older guy and all that stuff. It's just it was big time, and I tried to say, like, damn, like at this point, I don't remember seeing this live. Like on the, the WCW Saturday nights, I would be flipping back and forth. I wouldn't have been running this pay-per-view or seeing this. But I would have thought back then, like, man, WCW's great. Like, it's going to be, right. I wonder, I wonder, because it didn't really continue on like this. You know, this momentum yeah. Yeah. didn't continue on. Well, no, I mean, you don't, you know, when you put the butcher, Brutus Beefcake in the main event, that'll happen, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean... You try to put yourself in that position, but like I was watching it then, and like I I watched it as it. So what did you think? Well, I knew what was going to happen, you know, and like I was a Flair fan, so I'm like, mm. oh, cool, Hogan's going to come over and take his title now, and it's going to be. So you were more of a Flair fan than a Hogan fan? Oh yeah, at this time for sure, yeah. Like um, Hulkster, like you mentioned, we grow up with these guys, you know, and like I grew up a Hulkamaniac. I was, I don't know, seven. And then by this time, I'm like a teenager. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I guess I'm more like, you know, liking the bad guys type thing. Um, And I didn't hate Hogan, but like, 
I definitely still had resentment to him for like the whole Bret Hart thing. Like there was mm. that whole thing, mm. like from WrestleMania, like that was carrying over. I'm like, this guy's going to come in and win this title now. And like, but, blah, but blah, Bret blah, gave blah. him the, Bret waved him in. He said, go ahead. He had salt in his yeah. eyes. He said, go yeah. win the title. You remember? Think, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember. Do you remember thinking if you like, if you did it all that this would um, make WCW a bigger deal or did you not look at it like that like you didn't know what a big deal was for a company oh, no. you already think yeah. they were a big deal i i mean i always liked wcw but i remember like you know um hogan coming in and being like damn like that's that's a big thing you know like uh because yeah i mean he's hulk hogan dude like mm-hmm. say what you want you know like he's a game changer 100 percent one thing too about this match for everybody that says Hulk Hogan can't work, I'm sick to death it's... of hearing that. Let me tell you, because yes, he can. Watch the match. Mm-hmm. Yes, he can. He's Ric Flair holds him up for a vertical suplex, mm-hmm. stalling. That's yeah, that's work. He small packages Ric Flair. He takes Ric Flair down with like a go behind like mm-hmm. he can work just because you can doesn't mean you have to and he didn't have to and that's why but also working the crowd is working I am mm-hmm. so sick to death of hearing that Hulk Hogan couldn't work like me too I just need to die it, it needs well to you know what it is somebody said it and then now like it's regurgitated information like eye every tests. other thing just use your eyeballs yeah, use your eyes man the one thing I always say, we got one thing in life that we control. You are you. That's all you got. You are you. And you can be you or you can listen to what everybody else says and and just regurgitate that bullshit. Or you can just use your own eyes. Like you just said, just use your own eyes. Mm-hmm. You'll be surprised. Yeah. And I think this is one of the few times that WCW pay-per-view main event delivered, at least for me, and it, it mm-hmm. lived up to the hype for the most part. But it's uh, sending the fans home feeling satisfied, which is not always the case with WCW pay-per-view main events, which we've already covered some where you're just like, man, everything was great on the show. But then they botched that main event. Yep. It's yep. the opposite, I guess, yep. for me. So they got to get some kudos for that, you know? No, 100%. I mean, we we covered uh, Starcade 97 and like how the presentation of that main event, the buildup was just incredible, incredible. One of the greatest storylines ever in wrestling, I think. One of the longest, you know, a year buildup, you know, and then the payoff happens and we were like, what the hell was that? But with this, yeah, man. Like, even though you saw it coming, you got... It goes home satisfied. Went, yeah, they went home happy. You got, here it is, man. Hulkster mm-hmm. is going to lead us to the promised land now. So post-match, we got Hulkster backstage with Brutus, the Barber Beefcake, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Bobby says it's the greatest pay-per-view he's ever seen, continuing to be <laughs> just again. a brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hogan says one man, one belt, one champion. He's 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 here to uh, at the interview location with Mean Gene, and uh, he says what's old is new again. He has Duggan and Brutus next to him, and who else is in that interview room? Did you Brian Tillman. Yes, right in the middle. <laughs> yes. How smart is he? Even Great back stuff. then, he's right where the camera can see him, smiling, just cheesing it up. 
I loved it. Also, I thought it was interesting that Bobby did call Brutus uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. He did. Or I'm did. not Bob, not Bobby. Uh, mean Gene. Mean Gene. Mean Gene. Mean, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the hacksaws there. That's another thing too. Like Hogan comes over and he like he opens the door for all these other dudes. The biggest mm-hmm. of which, in my opinion, Mach. You know, Mach mm-hmm. comes over. You know, pretty damn soon after this. So like, yeah. Hogan definitely a game changer for WCW. Right, because you you knock down the wall of um you know, don't be afraid to come here. Like uh you're a big name over in the WWE, but there's other there's there's other another world to live. You mm-hmm. know, there's another another place to make a living and put on a show. But I just did really love how important they made it feel. It's not that difficult to treat the main prize, the title with this level of importance. Um, a lot of companies have failed since 1994 in doing that, but great work by all involved. And for those, you know, who think, like you said, uh, the Hulkster can't work or whatever, watch this match. I think he's beyond capable of a worker in this, if not a good worker as in terms of technicians and a great worker in terms of the crowd, like you said, yep. this absolutely lived up to the hype. In my opinion, I gave it a 6.9 out of 10. Nothing technical, wow. nothing highly athletic, but it's just pro wrestling, sports entertainment personified. And like you say, the good guy versus the bad guy. To me, it doesn't go out of style. And this is just one of those times where you see it just, you know, as behind me right now, we saw that vertical suplex by Flair. But um, two of the all-time greats, we have a dream match. And how many times do dream matches not live up to the hype or give you the proper mm-hmm. presentation? They're just thrown together. Just... um. You know, on the way out, by the way, on the show, and I want to get your rating, but Heenan, he says Hogan started a war. You know, he's hyping up what's going to come next. And Shivani reminds us that wrestling's cool again one more time. Yeah, that was the last course. time. Yeah. But what you have on the match and what's your final thoughts on the match itself? Then we'll get into the overall show. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised you. What'd you give it? I'm sorry. 6.9 out of 10. Okay. Oh, so we're about the same. I'm a 3.5. I'm a 3.5 out of 5. Yeah, we're right about yeah. the same. Sounds you liked it. You yeah. liked it. I, I did. I never said I didn't. I just don't think it's like um, when I think of the Hulkster's greatest matches, like I don't think of this one. Who knows? On exercise, Maybe. on the spot. Let's put let's let's just try to do it right. We know Hogan Warriors up there. Yeah. So. Hogan Mach, WrestleMania five, Hogan Warrior, WrestleMania six, Hogan Rock, um, Hogan Rock. Um, I think for the importance, Hogan Andre, you would have to say maybe a hundred percent. Um, would you go with any of the Hogan? Like, um, I mean, you won't, you won't go with anything from WrestleMania seven or eight slaughter or Sid. You're not doing that. Yeah. If, if I sat here and thought about it, it might make it into the top 10. You know what I mean? Cause I WrestleMania one is, 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 is fun. I don't know if it is, but like, I don't. And again, a great match doesn't have to be a great like technical match either. You know? It's more um, spectacle like this one was, if you would. Yeah. You know. But like, yeah, if you were to really analyze it, it might be. It might be a top 10 match. But once top again, 10, I think yeah. I think Hogan is one of those guys where like his brilliance isn't in his matches. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about Jesse earlier. Um, I think a lot of his brilliance is promos and and being a draw stuff yeah and being a draw yeah also 
I do not want to forget to mention, because it's in my notes, Jimmy Hart's outfit for this match <laughs> is incredible. Classic. Oh, my God. You got to look this up. Just Google. If you're not going to watch the pay-per-view, guys, listeners, just Google Jimmy Hart, Bash at the Beach 94. He is in full yellow and red with a huge Hulk Hogan face on the back of his jacket. And it mm -hmm. is so awesome. I never loved the Jimmy Hart Hogan pairing because no, I always looked at weird. Jimmy as a heel. But yeah. um, I know it started in WWF on Monday yep. Night Raw and all that stuff. But it's very weird. They must have just been pals backstage and Hogan with yeah. his buddies. You know, he's I'm with you, dude. Like I, I always thought that was weird. It always looked like unnatural to me. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I never thought Hogan needed a manager, period. It was cool, though, like how it came to be in the WWF, because like Brutus was about to get attacked and like Jimmy ran and got Hogan to help him. It was almost but like as a Liz. kid, I was confused because it did seem so out of nowhere. I always knew Jimmy yeah. Hart as a heel and for him to do like the baby face turn that he night. Saw, listen, man, he saw he some bad heart. stuff going down. He did have a heart and H.A.R.T. after all that time. He did. He really did. Um, I want to get your rating on the show overall. Uh, mine, I'll just throw it out there, solely on the shoulders of the main event, mm -hmm. a solid 5 out of 10, because if I'm judging the whole show, a lot of things kind of brought this down a little bit to be just an average show rather than a yeah. good to great. But the yep. way the show was structured and, and presented, I think, with the main event, I've heard this being considered as a bad pay-per-view before I, i've heard people say even hogan and flair oh they just don't have chemistry watch the mm. matches i'm gonna disagree watch the main watch the main event watched vader and the guardian angel austin is steamboat solid um but hogan and flair is a damn good pro wrestling main event and i gave it a nice five out of ten for my overall rating what you have mm -hmm. i have it at a 5.25 i'm sorry Overall, I did rate the overall thing as a 5.25 out of 10. Previously, I was doing five stars for the matches, but right. that would equate to like a 2.75 out of five stars. So like above 5. average, 5. yeah, out of 10 or a 2.75 out of five stars or a three out of seven hair extensions for Ed, because, you know, he loves that rating system. But yeah, I there, think... Yeah. um. Like, don't be discouraged by the overall grade, though. Like, if you're if you right. want to watch this match, because like, it's okay to be good. Stuff's okay to be good. You can just have good matches and entertaining matches. Not everything has to be like the greatest match of all time, you know. Um, yeah. And I do want to say at the end too, like Bobby just being so distraught about Hogan winning the title. And like, oh, I know. Giovanni like is like trying to comfort him. I think he like rubs his back or something for a minute, but Bobby's not even hearing it. It's just, it's going to be Hulkamania all over again for him. He thought he escaped that when he came here, you know? Right. I loved it. I loved Bobby's uh, world was ending at when Hogan, Hulkamania was reborn yep. and Bobby was, it was just all starting over again. He thought he got rid of this guy. Um, so Dave Meltzer. Not that I give one shit about him, but I just thought it was interesting because he gives out eight stars to every Will Ospreay match. 3.25 stars for these two living legends. That's what mm. he gave this match. 3.25 okay. out of five um, for people to put any stock in that. But but he'll yeah. give a uh, a match on Dynamite. Uh, yeah, he, he... That's interesting. Listen, listen <laughs> man. Talk about politics, right? <laughs> like, the Young Bucks 
finishing maneuver is called the Meltzer driver. Like, let's stop. Let's stop with the yeah. Dave Meltzer shit. Come on. Right. Yeah, and I thought I thought I saw somebody use your uh, eyes once again. Use your own eyes. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay to be. It's okay to be you. You can just be you. So we both are kind of in agreement on the overall rating of this show. And like you said, don't be discouraged. I think the tag team match with Sullivan uh, dragged this down a bit for me. If mm -hmm. you replace that with something else, it probably would have been a little bit more enjoyable as an overall show. But sitting through 20 minutes of that, a little bit of a drag. Main event totally, totally redeemed it for me. But some people ask, why did they need to do this? match in hogan's first match and i asked you this earlier and i asked you again like um, some people say imagine the money you make from the chase imagine having flair cheat to win here at this match only to have hogan build to a starcade uh championship win and you know all that stuff i think i disagree because you establish the main man as the main champion yep. from the gate you don't overthink it there is money in the chase, but it's also the biggest name on the marquee should be representing you. Where do you stand on it? Do you think he should? No, I, I, I agree with you. We talked earlier, you know, they were trying to um, also let's not forget Brie, B. Brian Blair was part of that entourage of uh, oh, yeah, backstage man. gentlemen. But um, yeah, they were looking for their identity. They had been for a couple years, you know, like I said, rotating in and out all these bookers and presidents and blah 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 and now here's the guy hulk hogan is the wcw world champion this is where we start like i said it's like a transition time you know like mm -hmm. this is our this is our new chapter of wcw you know and like mm -hmm. i think it was smart i think it was smart like it it sucks you know that you know he comes in and rick flair carried that company for so long and it's a shame that like hogan comes in and he's like all right brother give me my belt you know like uh yeah. because he was like a wwf guy but it helped the company you know who knows in the long run if it did we don't know what exactly happened backstage obviously the eventual demise of wcw but hogan once again, we talked about uh, title belts in our previous episode. Man, he looks great with that strap, brother. I'll he tell you, like, wonderful. He looks he looks great with the winged eagle, of course, but like he looks great with that WCW title on him. So it fits him right. It, it does. really did. I mean, yep. it's Flair's belt, but he looked good yeah, with it too. He did. But and, we said uh, before, you know, like when you have a beautiful title like what it can do for the individual you know it's mm -hmm. rare that the individual makes the title look cool but you got two you got a cool dude and a cool title so it was a match made in heaven <laughs> it was you know uh it would be a couple more years before wcw's business truly turned the corner but this was an awesome start to me for the hogan era in wcw and now here we are it's uh what would this be 30 years almost later 29 years man yeah 29 years ago this match took place this dream match and i can't think now if there's anything because a lot of guys that we love have had long careers but flair and hogan they never touched like they never got their match is there anything now that you can think of where you're like man like it could still happen these two guys are still active 
because for me, I racked my brain and I just cannot think of anything that would be big money like this that you could come up with. Um, I do think it may not be our taste, but I do think that there are like Kenny Omega and Roman Reigns. Like I think okay. that would be like a big, because I mean, Kenny Omega is when you think of AEW, the elite, like I think that's a big one. Um, there are a lot of matchups that I would be into still. Like I think um, there's a lot of matches that CM Punk hasn't had in AEW that I would still like to see happen, you know? Mm. Um, but on this level, personally, no, there's nothing that would, but there are also a lot of fans of, you know, this new wrestling like AEW and stuff that would like freak out if like Kenny Omega jumped ship and took on Roman Reigns. You know, I think people would right lose their Kenny Omega's the guy that never even dipped his toe in the WWE. Exactly. Exactly. He, he's, yeah, he's had a long story career without them, like kind of like a flair in NWA. Yep. So I see that one as a that's a good example. But there's Hogan not a flair, lot. Man. Yeah. No. So this was 29 years ago, just about Bash the Beach 94, Hogan Flair. They followed up with a cage match eventually, which was not very good, if I remember, in WCW. And so if you're going to seek any out to see these two, I think this is the one. I think this is the match where you do get kind of your money's worth, in my opinion. You can let us know in the comments if you watched, uh, you know, Bash the Beach 94. Go back and rewatch it. Let us know. Did this match live up to the hype? Yeah, predictable. Yeah, Hogan getting his way. but. Watch the match itself, like Duke said. Use your eyes. Yeah. Tell us what you think. Next week, we're going to be getting into all kinds of things because it's our one year to the day anniversary when Crazy. we drop the episode. One year of no sold. We're going to talk all about just the the last year, pretty much, and and how fun it's been. We're going to talk about the upcoming SummerSlam. We're going to talk about maybe some SummerSlam's hottest moments. It's one of our favorite pay per views back in the day so we do want to show some love to some old SummerSlam moments talk about some of our favorites maybe we'll have frank back in the east west connection will be reunited it's been a long hot summer <laughs> um but we're still in the thick of it what are you looking forward to duke we got one month left of the scorching hot humid philadelphia weather what do you want yeah, out of your summer i don't hate the heat man I'm, i love the heat i don't love the rain yeah, I'm into the heat looking forward to uh yeah man a year of no sold it's crazy when you think about it the whole like um process you know and the lead up to it what happened like you mentioned the reconnection of buds you know getting to talk with you and Frank every week I love it dude I really do like because you know Frank lives in California and we don't obviously get to see him much so like I know a lot of our buddies listen and they'll be like, man, it's like, I'm hanging out with you guys again. You know, obviously we reconnected with Zern again, which is awesome. And like our boy, Brian Marvel listens and Ed listens and Mortis and everybody else. So it's been an honor to, you know, mm. do this with you guys. So much fun. Love you guys so much. So like definitely looking forward to years and years of no soul. So let's yeah. go. Let's go. Let's keep it rolling. We got um, so much to look forward to. And and yeah, we I, I can't wait to talk about the process, like you said, of how the podcast came to be, just how we worked it out from the name to the <laughs> format to 
you know, Frank's going to lend his two cents and have so many fun stories to share. So we're going to let you in on a little bit, I guess, uh, behind the scenes of, of the no sold fam and reconnecting with the, the buds was, was definitely the highlight, the number one highlight and seeing you guys every week and talking about wrestling, got the love back flowing through my veins, much like Hulkamania flowed through the veins of the, the WCW crowd the back in 94. WCW, brother. It was awesome. Pumping. This was awesome. I love talking about WCW anytime we do. I just, it just reminds me, man, just, it was good times. It was, it was. And like, you know, like you mentioned, it might not be the same, you know, I wouldn't even watch current wrestling probably if it wasn't for just like talking with you guys, honestly. Mm -hmm. But like, this is where my heart is. Like when I watch this stuff, I'm reminded of like how much, I love it. And like, you know what it meant to me back then, you know, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. like you're making your pizza while you watch WCW Saturday night. Just when I think of wrestling, it's all good, man. It's all good Same. stuff. You know what I mean? So like, it's rare to think that. Um, and it's kind of silly too, because it mm -hmm. is a, it's such a nonsensical thing, but it's awesome. It's what yeah. we love. So it is. All right, and we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for checking us out. We'll be back next week. East-West Connection will be back. And this has been No Sold, and that's the bottom line. Because No Sold said so.